For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hello, friends. You're now listening to the Lifestyle, Leisure, and Sports Show. You never knew was two of those things. I think we can all acknowledge that if this fails, you two will be fired and I will remain. <laughs> so, no pressure. Bo Bishop, a regional media icon. Winner of Emmys. Purveyor of the good life. Sir, you don't know that for a fact. I just said I'm it on the radio. Also, two guys this company named Employee of the Month. What are you talking about? Paul Hogan is Hulk Hogan's brother. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Look sure it up. Because it's Hulk sure Hogan. Is. That's his real name. One guy is from Australia. The other one is from Tampa. You mean he's from Hollywood, brother? <laughs> Not brothers. Chops. Yes, they are. This is Bishop and Friends. All right, let's do it live on a Thursday edition of the program. Bo and the boys with you for the next three. Paul Feinbaum coming up at 1133 on the Buckeyes Big Month and the big changes up north. A little bit of Shelly time from the great west, Calgary. Home of the Saddle Dome for at least a couple more years anyway as the Jackets take on the Flames out there. That's coming up at 11.33. Um, a boatload of emails. Some of you are not pleased with me. Some of you like me a great deal. It's fine. We're going to go through all of it. Um, so we'll get to that at the 10 o'clock hour, and then we will uh, we'll make the picks on the NFL Championship weekend in uh, at 11 o'clock as well. So... It went how all of us thought it was going to go, right? I mean, what what became formal yesterday with Jim Harbaugh going to the Chargers was something that it was a no-brainer as soon as Brandon Staley was was fired. There were the reports all the way back to then that the quarterback that Harbaugh liked the most in the NFL was Herbert. He had familiarity with the the Spanos family, so he knew what he was getting into from that standpoint and the fact that he played there. Um, he met his wife in Southern California, so it checks every single box. In fact, when he first went to Michigan, one of the things that was a, an issue, that re- I remember this vividly, when he first went to Michigan, and even when they were pursuing him previous to when they actually hired him because they were there was a dance around Harbaugh for about six years before they finally got him to sign on the line which is dotted and one of the holdups always was that his wife wasn't crazy about living in Ann Arbor that she was a Southern California girl and and that was part of it so as soon as this job became open you knew that this is the spot that he would go to the the charade lasted about a week longer than it probably needed to but as we'll explain at 920 there could have been a little bit of method to the madness from the Harbaugh perspective he is, though, rest assured, Danny Ocean. He's done it. He stole all three from all three casinos at the same time. Nobody saw it, and he wins. And he gets the girl, and he walks out laughing, and he's got stacks of cash, and he's going to take care of his buddies. He's going to bring a lot of them with him to, to the Chargers. Uh, he wins. This is as big of a... I had somebody tweet me last night, the Costanza, where he was trying to leave every room having on a high note. Well, all right, then see you later. Like that was it, like a high note and then leave. And then everybody thinks you're the greatest guy ever. That's what Harbaugh's doing. It's similar to what Pete Carroll did at USC, uh, except Pete Carroll didn't leave after a national championship. The last college coach to leave a job after a national championship was Tom Osborne in 1997. That's the last time somebody's done this. So Harbaugh walks out of Michigan, having beaten Ohio State three times, having just won the national championship. He's going to leave the place in absolute tatters, and he won. He walks into the NFL. He walks into a, a great job in a great city with 
a fr- the only drawback would be ownership of, of it, but he knows exactly what he's walking into there. So even that isn't going to be a surprise for him. He wins as big as you can win on this thing. It sucks. And the, the cruel twist of all of this is we knew it. We knew it. We came on here the Monday after Michigan beat Ohio State up there in the game, and we said that it'll they get the last laugh, and that sucks. That game will never be the same. Uh, because of because of what's happening in the Big Ten in terms of being able to play them the next week, potentially being able to play them in the playoff. In terms of a win-or-all, win-or-move-on, winner-take-all situation, last year, 2023, was the last time that that will happen. And Harbaugh gets to walk out with that thing. The other thing about him that's stunning to me is, and and for the kids out there, they pursued him several times. I cannot recall if they re- re- pursued him in the in the Rich Rodriguez hire, but they definitely pursued him in the Brady Hoke hire. They tried to get him several times. They they pursued him doggedly. Um, I remember Stephen Ross, who owns the Dolphins. At one point, there was like rumors that they were interviewing him for a Dolphins job just to just so Ross could talk to him about the Michigan job and that that, that he was their savior. They thought that he could save them from the Trestle Urban dominance, and it took a while, but he finally did. He actually did it. Nobody would have had it four or five years ago that he would get that program to where he got it. But he did it. Did they cheat? Yeah, of course. Yeah. They have four NCAA investigations? Yeah, sure do. Is he going to see a single ounce of penalty for that? No, I don't think so. Are they going to lose their national championship? No, I don't think so. The NCAA president said as much. So he gets his cake. He got to eat it too. And we got to live with it. And it sucks because you're not going to get retribution against him. That part is done. He walks out a winner from from and it's it sucks it's painful but it is what it is and it's as big a walk off winner as we've had in in coaching in a very long time with Jim Harbaugh headed to San or not San Diego man going all the way back to that to Los Angeles to coach the Chargers it saw you know I I kind of saw it from both camps that there's a little bit of fan base coping mechanisms going on right now and the one for Ohio yeah. State is that hey it's the fourth straight Michigan coach to leave the the university having a losing record against the Buckeyes and you <laughs> check it out Harbaugh is three and five but. It doesn't feel that way. No, he's he's three and five, and those three came in the last three seasons, which ended with them winning a national championship. So yeah, overall it is a losing record. But I don't I don't buy into that one. That one's not making me feel any better. And then the other one, I didn't see this from a ton of people, but this was thrown out with Saban. And I, I've seen it from some people up there up north about Harbaugh that like oh. The changes in college football made him want to leave. He didn't want to deal with all this, nah. blah, blah, blah. Harbaugh might love his players more than any other coach in in the country, at least not less than. He's been super outspoken about revenue sharing. Yeah. He has used the transfer portal. Like I don't think that that is the reason that, that Harbaugh left. I think he always just had his eye on a Super Bowl and going back to the NFL. We've seen it over the last few years. He always continually went back there and decided to at least interview anybody who would talk to him and then his his resume started to build in the college game again and everybody said okay no this guy is a winner he truly has won everywhere he has been he is an attractive head coach and now he gets a a job this year for Michigan it puts them in a spot but like you said Bo I'm not sure they care all that much at the moment eventually they will get back to wanting more and wanting to get back to the top of college football but right now they're at the top of college football and that's all they ever wanted from Harbaugh it's all Harbaugh wanted to do that's what was his stated goal going back to Michigan to get them to the top of college football again and he did that and now he's moved on so it all makes sense from what he has always said what he has always done and from the Michigan standpoint 
not quite starting over from zero again. They're in a better spot than when Harbaugh first got there, but it is a, going to be a drop-off for them. You don't just replace Jim Harbaugh just like that, and it sounds like they're going to go with, with more. That I've seen no reports otherwise, and there's some continuity to that, but we'll see if he has the, the guts to be a full-time head coach. He got a few opportunities this year. That's one thing. competency. Do you have the competency for it? We'll get to the more side of it in a second and where the program goes in a second. Um, the, the thing... They've got to be careful, and, and the details of that are in their very near history. Um, Reese, when you think about when Harbaugh was hired and you think about the road that, that he's taken the program, it's a hell of a thing. I mean, let, I mean lifting them out of the pit. Right? They were in college football's abyss. Yeah. And he brought them out of it to the promised land. I mean, he did everything that... It took a little longer than I think the Michigan man thought, but he got them to the top of the mountain. And I'm wondering the next guy, whoever it is, is yeah. just the, the the bridge between Harbaugh and what's next, because like they're they're I mean they're, they're whatever they get hit with, um, that's what this coach is going to take. And I think for the Michigan man, it's we can survive this next season because we've got the banner. We've got the championship. We've got three straight Big Ten titles, three straight wins over the rival. And then what comes with this is the 30 days of roster pillaging, of recruitment classes evaporating, possibly. And then more is there to just steady things for a season, two seasons. And then to Chops' point, when they start to get like, okay, let's get back to being Michigan. And that could be in two, three years, or it could be next year. Then they they actually do a, a nationwide search for a coach that wants to be in a situation walking into that doesn't involve NCAA sanctions. Yeah, they it's it's interesting. I, I mentioned Tom Osborne in '97. Nebraska fell off a cliff, and uh, so not necessarily right away. It, it took a minute, uh, right? Because Solich played for a national championship. They got absolutely bludgeoned by Miami, but he got him to a national championship. Uh, but the program never found its way again. And and I don't know if it ever will. It became a museum program. I don't know if Matt Rule will get it going or not. My hunch is they'll never be what they were. And I don't think Michigan's headed there. They have certain infrastructure things that are just far more equipped to be able to handle transition. Um, but that is the last guy to leave after winning a national championship. And then you combine that with Pete Carroll, who walked before it all went to hell at USC and left Lane Kiffin and Steve Sarkeesian, Lane Kiffin immediately, the mess to clean up. Um, this is from, this is from Harbaugh yesterday on a statement. He said, the only job you start at the top is digging a hole. So we know we've got to earn our way. This organization is putting in the work, investing capital, building infrastructure, doing everything within its power to win. Great effort equals great results. And we're just getting started. Uh, Dean Spanos, the owner of the Chargers, Jim Harbaugh is a, is football personified. I can think of no better man to lead the Chargers forward. The son of a coach, the brother of a coach, the father of a coach who himself is a coach by names like Schembechler and Ditka. The past two decades, Jim has led hundreds of men to success everywhere he's been as their coach any and today jim harbaugh returns to the chargers this time as our head coach um who has it better than us i mean this is tough to even read he he will win there he will he he has won the only real smudge on his resume was the first five years here and he did get him back i mean there was one versus two games in the first five years you just couldn't beat ohio state yeah i think people forget 44 19 and one in the regular season with san francisco and of course uh super bowl 47 appearance for them and he lost to his brother now bo to go with your analogy of he is danny ocean danny ocean baby 
is there any chance that if the Chargers get tired of him or if it for some reason doesn't work out, I think I agree with you, I think it is, but does he get the band back together and does Ocean's 12 happen in five years back at Michigan? Is Andy Garcia available to track him down in Ocean's 12 or 13? I mean, that's kind of what you need. You need that. Uh, I guess I guess the role of, of Andy Garcia would be played by the NCAA. So that's the thing. He's in his 60s, though, now. Like, this is probably the last job. It's probably it, right? He's He's got to be close to 60, isn't he? He played in 86. Yeah, he's got to be. I don't he's know. He's got to be. Yeah. So 86, 87 when he was played at Michigan. He so is 60. Just turned 60 in December. Yeah. So, and he, they're not going to run him. Whatever the contract is, he's going to coach it all out. The Spanos family's not paying somebody not to coach. And by the way, I think he'll have success. I think this is it. I think he gets the last laugh. It sucks, but I think that's the reality. If you're looking for a silver lining in all of this, you mentioned the word Reese, Michigan's program into an abyss. That could be happening again. Although there was one thing that happened here in terms of the timing that might prevent that, at least in the immediate future. We will get to that coming up next. Fishman Friends right here on The Fan. We're the girthiest radio station in the history of radio. Uncomfortably girthy. This promo is uncomfortable. The Fan, Ohio's girth destiny. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Not interested in Iowa football? Too bad. Shops will tell you about it anyway. This is Bishop and Friends. Yeah, gear up at that Tipico Sportsbook. Get in in the betting action of the playoff football, the hoops, the hockey, so much more. Take advantage of the massive odds boosts on your favorite teams and players for the biggest payouts. Try that new flex parlay and cash in on your bets, even if you miss a leg or two on those. Claim the new sign-up bonus now. Get $100 in bonus bets when you bet $25. Sign up now. Enter the promo code THEFAN100 to get a $100 bonus. Download the Tipco Sportsbook app today. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Ohio. Terms and conditions do apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER for more. So it sounds like it's going to be Sharon Moore. is going to be the next head coach at Michigan. Um, I think in a way... Obviously, he, the fact that he coached the game against Ohio State and got a win and the fact that I think that honestly, a big reason that he's getting the consideration just on the very surface level is is the tirade after the Penn State game. Um, I, I think that they loved it. I think that that hit every note that they wanted in that program, around that program, the athletic director, all of it, their fan base, all of it. I think he won a lot of fans over with that tirade after the, the game against Penn State. Um, and, and I think that's a part of it. But I think the bigger part of it is... What has happened at Alabama? So, as, as soon as this becomes official, and I guess it is official today now, there will be a 30-day window where Michigan players can transfer anywhere they want. Harbaugh did them, and I don't know if he did this on purpose or not, he did them a little favor in this, though, by dragging this out an extra week or so. Because... This window now opening, let's say it opens today, let's say if Harbaugh officially is done, and let's say it happened last night, that 30-day window starts now. Well, folks, we still are under the charade of this is student-athletes. The so student-athlete in, logistics are very tough now. They're very, they're nearly impossible. So 
the drop ads, you're past that in terms of being able to get into a class. Any kid who is trying to transfer right away has to be accepted at the new school. So provided they take visits the way Caleb Downs did or the way some of these other kids did, if, if you take visits, there's just no way. So by keeping Sharon Moore, by having this today be January 25th, in all likelihood, there won't be many defections right now at Michigan. And with more staying in place, there will be a familiar face and voice in spring that will be able to potentially have more roster retention then. There will be a second transfer window that will be available in, in April. But at that point, you will have been through spring. And more will have a chance to win those players over in spring. And by the way, they all love him and they all know him anyway. So there, I don't think that you will see the roster bleed that we saw at Alabama. I think you will see a great deal of roster retention at Michigan. It's it's almost impossible right now for them to do anything. So I think you're going to see a roster retention. And I think Sharon Moore allows for that to even go through spring, Reese. Yeah, it's a, a, a matter of the real truth here because Kalen DeBoer was on with the Pat McAfee show yesterday and he said that a lot of the guys from Alabama that popped into the portal did so before he got a chance to even discuss things with them. Sure. Like they had made up their mind and they had already said this is a complete coaching turnover. Like Tommy Reese is, I guess, the tight ends coach of the Browns, but is that <laughs> right. official? Because the Bengals announced their new head, their new offensive coordinator today and the Brown have, Browns haven't announced anything. So well, I think Alex Van Pelt's still on the website. I'm wondering so, with with Sharon and if he's able to because Jesse Minters likely headed west. I think there's another coach on Harbaugh's current Michigan staff headed west. Not sure. Maybe he brings Connor Stallions back. But if you're able to retain some of the staff from there, that could go a little way in not having the complete bleed that happened at Alabama. But boy, if you lose, you know, the head coach and the defensive coordinator and a lot of the guys that develop. Yeah, If you're a recruit and you've got an opportunity, you at least have to take the plunge into the portal to see what else is out there. We'll we'll see what actually happens with the roster over the next 30 days and then again with that second transfer window that Bo mentioned after spring practice. But as of right now, it does feel like it is a much better position for them to hold on to the roster that they have intact. Now hold on to the recruits that were coming in in this 2024 class, especially if they're already on campus. Yeah. The guys who are, who are signed but who are still only coming in the summer or the people who are possibly targeted for the the later window in yeah. February like that could be up for grabs a little bit but that's you know you're talking about recruits that's not the same thing as going out there and grabbing guys who are ready to play right now on a college football field for sure but the difference with this too is that a lot of those guys made the decisions we talked about yesterday. JJ McCarthy and Blake Corum are gone. Edwards is staying as a tailback. He's got another year with them. A few other guys stayed, but it's still mostly going to be a, a very different roster for them than what we saw in the national championship field a couple of weeks ago. But I would think that most of the players, maybe some denial in there, but they had to know somewhere in their brain that the chances of Harbaugh leaving for the NFL were very real and more than likely going to happen. Whereas the Nick Saban stuff at Alabama came out of nowhere. Nobody really saw that coming. Not just the players in denial, but even us when that news came down. Oh, that's the biggest news right now of the offseason. It will continue to be the biggest news. This Harbaugh thing probably second to that. But I think Michigan just has a better chance of keeping that continuity, even on the recruit side. With If you take Sharon Moore and he moves up to the head coaching job, well, then the, the kids will feel like a lot of the guys who were there, as Jim takes a few of the assistants, but maybe not all of them, plus you've got your offensive coordinator still there. That that was the big thing with Kalen DeBoer is he flipped over the two coordinators as well. And a lot of the guys who had committed to Alabama or even in the, you know, the freshmen that, that transferred out, 
Yeah. They felt like, oh, I committed to play for Nick Saban, and this is a completely different thing now. And I don't think it will quite have that same feel. There's a little bit of, I committed to play with Jim Harbaugh, but I think with the staff staying close to intact, or it's going to look like a Jim Harbaugh staff, that'll give people a little bit more peace of mind to stick with it. But they still have to pull it off. They have to do it. They have to hold on to the guys. Well, they, and that's easier said than done. The logistics of the calendar make it so almost impossible that he won't get a chance to talk to him. You mentioned DeBoer that he didn't get a chance to talk to him. Like Moore's going to get a full month and a half audition here to keep that roster intact intact in terms of early enrollees. So they, they signed 27 players in the early signing period. Eight of them were early enrollees. So those guys can be poached. Those 19 that mm-hmm. signed in the early window, those 19 can be poached right now, can flip and, and can re-sign somewhere else in February. Honestly, they could, they could use the second signing period and, and sign in February. The eight that are there, because of the academic calendar, and yeah, we still have to do that. You still have to be accepted into another school, and you can get around that all you want. I, I can't even just take put yourself in the position. Let's bring it back home for a second. Like, can you imagine what Caleb Downs' last week has been like? <laughs> I mean, so you got to move here, you got to get a house, probably gets a hell of a car. Like, all of those things are happening. All the I mean, you got to furnish things, all of that, and then oh yeah, you do have to be enrolled in classes. But it was still at least for him, it was. January what eighteenth night? So you have, you're still in the drop ad area, but for Mich- the Michigan players, that's that's likely going to be cooked. There's no way that there's a. I mean, it's been a long time since I was in college, but I can't imagine that you could enroll in a class and start like January thirtieth. I just can't see how. No, I, I don't think that would be possible. I don't know if the NCAA has any sort of workaround, but I don't think they've given much thought to the transfer portal they and the windows that it has because no, it doesn't make Makes any no sense. sense. I suppose a kid could transfer and enroll in the summer and just be in the portal. But then why not just wait for spring and get the spring practice at Michigan? There's no point in doing that. So that's the one to watch for sure. That yeah, spring, the spring one is going to be chaos because guess who also is looking for retribution in the spring? Alabama. They will come heavy and they will raid. You want to talk? Someone was, who's the kid who went back home to Iowa, the tackle, the five-star tackle. Who went uh, Katie Proctor. Okay. So he went back and the Alabama people were like, Oh, tampering, tampering, tampering. Oh, just you wait. Alabama's got a lot of money to spend now, kids. Just you wait until the spring. Remember, though, in the spring, they can't go for SEC teams. That's true. The conference has a rule against that spring transfer window and going SEC to SEC. I wonder if that would stop them from pillaging Texas or Oklahoma. They're not in yet. Are they not in until July, technically, right? No, they're not in yet. Oh, yeah. So they could pillage Texas and Oklahoma. They could pillage us. It's a mess. They can continue to pillage Washington. waiver. So-and-so submits waiver to NCAA requesting this thing because the NCAA is afraid of getting sued again. They just, they'll uh, they'll allow everything. The NCAA where eligibility rules don't matter and the transfer portal is always open. Yeah. You guys see that? uh, We're up against it a bit. Did you see this? What's Amanda Christovich, who we have on before doing that story out in with the UCLA and UCLA and USC? The answers she has been posting from that. Crazy. They're crazy. They're, they're just lying through their teeth because they know if they yeah. say the truth, they're going to be caught right away. Yeah. Real truth ends college, college athletics as it, as it is, as it has been. We're already headed there anyway. Uh, on the field, what type of team can Sharon Moore field next year at Michigan? We were looking for like some power rankings of Big Ten based on where the rosters are right now. To hell with it. We're doing our own. It's coming up next. Bishop and Friends right here on the fan. An ex-jock and a very puffy, smooth-faced man. These are the first voices you should hear. Morning juice. Your wake-up service. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9. The fan. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. 
They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up? What's up, man? So, a lot has happened in the college football world in the last month, and a lot of it's centered here in the Big Ten. Um, we were looking, Reese talked about this yesterday, we were looking for a power ranking, like post-portal power ranking, and, and no one's doing it. And so I thought, what the hell, we'll do it. We don't need anybody else to do it. We're a program of record. We'll, we'll do the damn list ourselves. Um, when you add these four teams, it changes. it's a game changer. When you had the other four, like all of a sudden I got a list of 10 here based on kind of their off seasons, who they have coming backs, what's happened for some of them in the portal. And they're all pretty damn good. Like I'm not having to shoehorn Minnesota into number 10. I'm not having to work Purdue in. I don't have to do any of that. I don't, you're fine. Those, those guys can be on the outside looking in. I don't have to worry about Rutgers or Maryland being in there. Like that we're good. I got 10 without them. I got 10 teams that to me feel like they're all pretty quality. Um, as, as you go through this thing, um, did 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 you guys both have all four new Big Ten teams in the top ten? No. So you left UCLA out. Yeah, yeah UCLA. I don't have much confidence in UCLA right now. I think Chip Kelly, whatever magic he had, lost, and he's not recruiting at the so level that's what, building it up. What West teams? Obviously, Iowa and Wisconsin. Who else did you have in from the West? I actually had Wisconsin just out on so this. You have Wisconsin out. Okay, so I have out for you. I have, uh, as far as West teams, Nebraska, Iowa, oh, baby. and Northwestern. Okay. All right. I think Northwestern's in a really healthy healthy spot. I'm interested to see what, with him bringing in his own coaching staff, what he can do out there. They had a big bowl win this season, so I really like uh, Northwestern going into this season. All right. So I only have, I have Iowa and Wisconsin as my only two in. How many West do you have in, Reese? You have three? I just have, I have Iowa. Oh, just Iowa. I just have Iowa. Okay. And you don't have UCLA either? No. Okay. All right. Are we All counting right, so UCLA? You, so I like I had to I had to, in the look, old West. I had to go back and look because I was like, who is in the West? Because well, I just down Big Ten teams. Are I we ranking like, off-season moves or are we ranking? We're ranking where they are right after now. After off-season moves. Right now after where we off-season think. Because ranking off-season moves is different. Portaled, yeah. No, no, no. How they recruited, how they portaled the strength of the program, right? Mm-hmm. So obviously all of us have Ohio State one. Yes. No best off-season of any college football team. Well, and you could argue the second best offseason of any college football team is the team at number two. That's Oregon. Yes. Yep. They are fully formed. They've got studs everywhere. They've got they got same type of depth at quarterback that we have, where they got transfer dude and Dylan Gabriel. They got more after it. Dan Lanning recruited like crazy. They transfer portaled like crazy. They are a strong number two. So we're consensus on Oregon being number two. Um, I have Penn State three. I have USC three. Okay, I, I think much less of USC. Though. I liked what I saw out of Miller Moss. I like that they're replacing the defensive coordinator. I'm giving that a chance. So that's a good move. They had to make that move. I think Lincoln Riley can still coach it up on offense. So I like USC. All right, you at USC three? Who do you have? Three? I also have USC at three. Okay, I have USC they have a quarterback. At, I have USC at seven. Wow. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it could be rough for them. I have them down a little bit. So I don't have Penn State as a serious program because they're not going to beat Ohio State, but I think they'll beat most of the other teams they play. And I think I do think that they will beat USC next year. I, they have a lot of talent returning. I have Penn State at four, so I, I don't see do too far off from that. I have them at five. You have them at five. Yes. Okay, so I have Penn State three. You have Penn State at four. I have Washington four. 
I'm worried about Washington. So I got them at six. I got okay. them at six as well. I'm worried about them, the retention Will after Rogers. losing DeBoer. I know they got Will yeah. Rogers, but uh, Jed Fish, I know he did an okay job at Arizona, but it's not like he inspires a ton of... I think a big thing in his favor, though, is he was able to get Will Rogers to stick. So that tells me he's capable, right? Like, he's a capable guy. They were quick to move on that hire. He's not going to be DeBoer. They're not a national championship team, but but... There's a nice program there. I, do I put think. Washington at six, just okay. on the edge. It depends if it if it goes above expectations. I think they're still in that playoff tier, but that's where my playoff, like possible to make this twelve team playoff. That's kind of where it ends at the right. six teams there. Reese, who'd you have four? Four. I had Michigan. Michigan four. I have Michigan five. I have Michigan five. Okay, so we're all kind of in the. It's going to be a. I, they're hard to cap. They're hard to. Yeah, I just make sense of. I have no idea. They've recruited well. They develop players well. Uh, but I just have no idea what that roster could look like. Well, and as we talked about, their offseason's yeah, far from over. Yeah. At six, I have Iowa. I have Iowa seven with the chance, or I, I have Iowa's eight, actually, with the chance to move up to seven. But the Dylan Riola land for Matt Rule says, okay, there's something cooking there. They were able to get that. Obviously, they've got their NIL moving. And Iowa. You have, I, wait a second, just so that, just for the record. I know. You are ranking Nebraska ahead of Iowa. I still need to see <sighs> the offensive coordinator higher. going to be welcome back in at Kinnick. Ever. I need to see the offensive coordinator hire. They're gonna go, I need wait, to know that it's not Mark a guy Finch? who's just going to do everything Kirk Ferentz wants him to do. You supported us until now. We finally make the offensive coordinator change, and now you're going to bail on us? Who do you have at six, Reese? Six, I got Washington. Washington at six? Seven, okay. I've got Iowa. Okay, Iowa at seven. I have USC seven. I, I think it's going to be a tough, tough road for them, and, and I think a little bit of fool's gold in what happened in the uh, in the bowl game for them. Seven, you have Iowa, Chops? I have seven Nebraska, eight Iowa. I have eight Nebraska's eight on mine, so I lied because again I can't remember where who's where now. <laughs> I would tell you this about um, the Riola thing. There's there's a little bit of there is a little bit of the what's the name of the quarterback that Sonny Weaver is going to take on draft day? Bo Callahan. There's a little Bo Callahan to a Dylan little. Riola. A little bit of it, like. It's strange. But do his strange to go me. to his birthday party. It was strange to me that like he was in he was at Buford, Georgia, and was a Georgia commit, and they had a ton of talent. And there were one kid I think went to Georgia, but there there were others who were highly regarded who who didn't. And I thought, how would you not be able to pull those kids up? I I think he's could be kind of like there's a potential for him to be like a big Tate Martell, like a lot of bluster. But I I don't know. I don't know if he's I don't know if he's a dude or not. I don't know, um, but we'll. I'm, I'm more skeptical about him. I actually don't have Nebraska in the top ten at all. So I'm going to be the king of Kinnick. I'm going to go to Kinnick next year. I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah. I've never been to Kinnick. I don't have him in the top ten at all. Uh, I have Wisconsin eight. Who do you guys have eight? Eight. I had Iowa. Um, nine. I have Rutgers. Okay. Reason? Nine. Nebra- uh, eight. Nebraska. Nine. Michigan State. Okay. I have. Uh, so so there we go. So the only difference you guys you guys have more faith in Nebraska than Chops. You have more faith in Northwestern because you have them at ten. Mm-hmm. Okay, so nine, I have UCLA. It's going to be tough for them, for sure. I still think that they have an overall talent over some of these some of these other teams in the Big Ten. UCLA was a tough one for me to try to make sense of, though. I, I that could be that could really that fall can off go a cliff. either way. That could fall off a cliff. Chip's a really good coach. He can scheme it up. There's no doubt. Um, they they are going to score points. They're going to find a way to do that. But he seems disinterested in portal and recruiting and all of it. So it's kind of a weird spot for him. Honestly, like it was ridiculous he ever left. I understand why he left Oregon. Like I'd rather live in Phil. I'm sure he'd rather live in Philly. He wanted to get to the NFL and now in LA. But like, if you don't want to recruit, 
UCLA ain't the program for you. Um, and then I have Michigan State 10. Michigan, I like the coaching hire. And they get the quarterback from Oregon State to come with them. Michigan State and Wisconsin were right in there for me, but I really like the way that Rutgers and Northwestern close out their bowl season. Northwestern beat Utah in a bowl game, and you can say what you want about them not wanting to be there or anything, but hey, Northwestern wanted to be there, and that's a really good, really well-coached team in Utah, and Rutgers beat Miami in the pinstripe bowl, and who was the star of that game for them? Kyle Manungai, who... I think it has a real chance to be second team all Big Ten running back, maybe even first team if the share goes a certain way here in Columbus yeah. and those guys don't have the stats for it. I think Kyle Manungai paired with the defensive Rutgers, I think they're going to be a really good team. Plus, they're out from under the shadow of being in the Big Ten East They'll all year them. long. The disrespect by Rutgers in showing the U down <laughs> during that game was Dude. like one of the best you want to like rank things that happened during bowl season was the pop tart mascot and then a very yeah. close second was the you down <laughs> so good and they're all big east rivals Rutgers and miami back going way back yeah um so here's the this is the one thing i will say without question this is a more fun league by a thousand times with these four teams coming in. So whether you have all four of them ranked in the top 10 as I do, or three out of the four as you guys do, we all have two of the top five coming from that, from that conference. Whether you guys use USC or use Washington, whatever you use. Yeah. There's three, there are three legitimate top tier programs coming into this league next year. And the idea that we sat here last summer and they were like, oh yeah, we don't want Oregon and Washington. How do you feel about it now? And when you add three legitimate teams from from that into the conference, that means you have six teams that could make the 12-team playoff. I don't think all six will, but all six definitely can. A lot of it bats. Who are your bottom three, 16, 17, and 18? Indiana. Purdue. Purdue. Minnesota or Illinois? It depends on if you... Maryland's in a tough spot, too. Maryland finished the season strong, though, as well. Um, And I don't think they're as bad as Illinois. I think, yeah, I think it's Illinois, Indiana, Purdue. And Minnesota's right there. That's yeah. how I've got it. It like depends PJ's, on what you, Minnesota Purdue flip for Bielema me. Bielema or Fleck is really the decision you're making there, I feel yeah. like. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Uh, the Buckeyes still looking to make one more hire on Ryan Day's coaching staff and why the Michigan win in the national championship could actually be painted as a good thing for the Buckeye program. We'll explain that coming up next. Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan. We aim to punch you in the face with as many games as we can. Your home of the Buckeyes, Blue Jackets, Crew, and Browns. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Taking the art of sports radio and day drinking to a whole new level. You're listening to Big Up and Friends. And we are sponsored by Awaken 180 Weight Loss, fast, sustainable weight loss without medications, solution for weight loss, Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Uh, I saw Dan Patrick at this. Who's happier about Jim Harbaugh's hiring Dean Spanos or Ryan Day? I assure you it's Dean Spanos. Ryan Day wanted a reckoning. You, you want revenge. You're not Everyone did. It. Yeah, we all wanted to beat him. You knew the team wasn't going to be as good. You knew those kids were going to go pro. Everybody wanted the last laugh on that thing around here. 
Nobody wanted him walking out Danny Ocean style with all the cash. Nobody did. The good news is, though, at the very least, even though the writing was pretty much on the wall, we all saw that Jim Harbaugh was going to jump to the NFL. Ryan Day still made moves in the offseason like he was going to go play Harbaugh again and wanted to make sure that they were prepared for it, which is good for the Buckeyes overall. I think the bet that's the, the goes where I'm headed right now. Michigan winning the national championship was the best thing for Ohio State's NIL fund. It's the best thing. It's a mobilizer. Yeah. It it organized, it mobilized, it it got the coffers loaded. Um it it created an incredibly driven and determined Ryan Day. It created and I think buoyed an incredibly and, de- and determined Buckeye fan base to get a lot of money together to go get the players that they got because all of that takes money now. That's what it is. That's just how this process works, guys. You're interested in a kid. What's it going to take? Hey, go to a booster. Can we make sure we can get the money to do this? You have to, this is, this is college football. It's where we're at. And you don't have Caleb Downs if Michigan doesn't win the national title. I believe that 100%. Yeah, because what I think it also did, not only did it light a fire under people to donate to the collectives, but it changed Ohio State's stated approach to what they were going to do in the NIL game and said, okay, no, we are going to open up the the checkbook for guys that we want in the transfer portal. And Byrne was talking about this on the podcast today, and I totally agree with him that, like, the idea that Ohio State, like, decided that, oh, we're just going to go and we're just going to flip our entire roster. Guys, they got, like, six guys. In the transfer portal. That's nowhere near the top number. They just got really, really good guys that we all took notice of when they took them in. But remember all the returning players. This is still very much a recruited Ohio State roster. That's part they of just it. filled the holes with guys from the transfer portal who are elite. That's also part of it, though. Like retaining your own guys. That takes money, too. Yes. Right? So you had to hit it twice. You had to hit it there. And then nobody foresaw that the Saban thing was going to happen. You didn't know you were going to be able to pillage the Bama roster. But that was the most talented roster in college football before all of this happened. And, of course, you're going to go at that one. Of course, you would go at that and take that opportunity. Also, you got the likely NFL rookie of the year to cut a check of at least five figures. Actually, I think he was named rookie of the year. Like 50 to 100. Was he named? He's not named it. Pro Football Writers of America named him it at least. It's more than five figures, PFWA, 50 grand? You gave 50? 50, 50 to 100 is like the, the tier yeah. level. I don't think yeah, they announced sure the actual figure. That but. type of stuff is going to happen throughout. And remember, CJ had a, a relationship with the foundation before before he went pro. Like that, he was yeah. he was under that umbrella when he was here. So this is that's a make good, right? Then that's probably how this process is going to work going forward. Of you take care of me, and then I'll take care of you on the other side of it. And and there, it's almost like a loan in that sense. Well, and that goes back though to the point that we always make about the collectives is that it's the same entities asking people to donate in two different spots because we've seen former athletes come back and give money to the athletic department. I don't know if that's going to continue in the collective world. For sure, we've seen that. But now all of a sudden. If if you're if you're a player and you're under a collective's umbrella and you're taken care of when you're here, when you sign that first big paycheck with the league, now you get back to the collective. It's a great point because it's not only just the major boosters, it's also the former players. Do they make the collectives whole or do they make the university whole? So that that's part of it. The, the one thing I would say, and I do think I didn't listen to what Berm had to say exactly. So I, I the one the the one thing I would say is this is a this is an entirely different philosophical change. Yes, I agree for with Ohio that. State in recruiting and in portal, in the sense that you are now incentivizing monetarily before you get here. The Ohio State approach had always been get here and then we'll take care of you. This is now you're paid before you're here. 
And that's a, that's an SEC approach. That's an Alabama approach. That's a Georgia approach. Wait, allegedly. We, we talked about that. Ed, Ed Nas. Well, I, there's nothing. The NCAA says you can't do that. It's, good luck. Good luck. <laughs> I understand it. Like, it's just, it is what it is. It's funny. I mean, we said this two years ago when Saban said that about Jimbo and Jimbo did the, I got ranches and all that nonsense. Like, no, dude, like you did it. It's fine. It's legal. If it's fine. If anything, the NCAA probably made it easier to make sure that you don't get caught by them by finally punishing somebody and then go, okay, can't do that. Yeah. And we'll just make sure that we make it even more under under How the about, cloak. Aren't they investigating Florida and Yeah, the Jaden Rashada stuff's finally come to roost. Florida and Florida State oh, yeah, FSU, have been served go notice. FSU got okay. the sanctions. Florida's now nice. being That took him uh, a year to get to that? That well, took him a year to get to that. The that's most pretty quick high considering pro- the NCAA. But honestly, it was the most high-profile NIL flub since this has yeah. started, and it took them a year to start investigating it. Yeah, that's why when you th- if you think you're going to get a pound of flesh on Michigan's in the next year or so, good luck. It, it's likely not going to happen. Um, there is still one bit of business out there for Ryan Day. He needs to hire a 10th full-time coach on that staff. Uh, we know that Bill O'Brien has come in as the new offensive coordinator. Um, that makes all the sense in the world to me. And, and we, we talked about that last week when it became uh, official. Matt Guerrero also in. He's coming in uh, on the back end with the, the safeties. Um, but there, it, threes is hanging out there. And it's, I don't know why it hasn't happened yet. I, I, it's stunning to me that it hasn't. Uh, I know that he wants it. I don't understand why it hasn't happened. It makes no sense to me. He's recruiting like crazy. He's all over. He'd be following him on the Instagram. He's everywhere recruiting like I don't understand why it hasn't that hasn't been done yet. Like that's the next thing it needs to be done. Like just be done with it. He's going to be an ace in recruiting. He's he's coach he's coaching the linebackers already. You hear that in the recruiting when people talk about who's recruiting him. It's Coach Laurinaitis. It's like enough. Like make him whole and let's let's move this thing forward. I I, I don't understand the delay on it. It's it's quite annoying. Yeah, the only thing I've heard that has you know that I've heard a few times, but it's not like it's something that has like a ton of legs. But just the idea that maybe they're interested in bringing in like an assistant D line coach and kind of bridging the gra- the gap so that Larry Johnson can retire and then there's a, a guy already there that'd be but, a GA yeah why not I the only re- well the only reason I heard it not, might not be a GA is because I've heard the name Jason Taylor thrown out before I don't know like what, me yeah the gold jacket that one yeah but I, I don't know what his connection is to why he would why he would come here but like Miami Jason Taylor he's currently at Miami isn't he I don't know. I thought he was yeah doing something on Mario Cristobal's program and he's going to come be an assistant defensive line coach. Okay. Jason Taylor is currently a defensive ends coach for Miami this past season, was a defensive analyst last year right. in well, 2022. There you go. All right. We've got some emails. You, some of you are pleased with us. Some of you are not at all. We will get to that coming up next. Bishman Friends right here on The Fan. During this 10-second promo, Rothman will lose money gambling on something. People like you come here and blow the family nesting that built this town. Rothman and Ice. Weekdays from noon to 3. The f- Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Sports conversation that's worthy of a toast, or at least a stiff drink. You're listening to Bishop and Friends. Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network with this. Um, a few key 
In-person interviews today. Dan Quinn is in Seattle with the Seahawks. Bobby Slowick is in Atlanta with the Falcons. Mike Vrabel is with what Mike, don't take the Panthers job, man. Don't take that job. That's a mess. That is an absolute mess. Not that one. And it's a messy owner, too. It's a mess. Total mess. Yeah, it's a disaster. Um, and uh, the Falcons, we talked about that a little bit yesterday. Like, boy, it's just kind of like pick which way you want to go here. You you want the icon and, and say all of that? Slowick would be an entirely different approach. Um, so to me, they are they just did that with Arthur Smith. They just did that. They just hired the coordinator guy. It didn't work. Um, yeah. field, usually you zig and then you zag. So I, I don't know what the holdup is with, with Belichick and the Falcons. He's met with them twice. Yeah, like I wouldn't hate the Slowick hire, but the Belichick one does seem to be better, especially if you can then say, okay, well, let's go get a quarterback for him. That's and also what you need. Belichick, from a timeline standpoint, he's got to go. I mean, yeah. he's 70. Like you can't. That's why the other one sticking around for doing nothing for a while. He wants that record from Shula. Like he can't. The Seahawks are probably good enough for him, but the you know Commanders and Panthers are nowhere near Uh, where he would want a team to be to take that job. No, and is he really going to sit for a year? I can't see that and get to that. Um, Would he go to ESPN for a year if he was out of coaching? Yes. What if he was just like he was? He was finally that completely different Belichick that everybody says he can be, that he can be very charming and very funny, and on TV he's just awesome. Well, he's pretty charismatic. You guys remember when he did the NFL 100 Greatest Players or whatever on the 100th anniversary of the NFL, and like he sat in on the NFL Network stuff with all that? Okay. He's pretty charismatic. Yeah, he's got that too. That's what everybody always says, but we never see it in the pressers. They should just, if they do, if he's... If he makes the transition this offseason to media personality, they should just have him commentate on other sports. Like, just give his opinions on the NBA or him on and, baseball. What about hockey? Here's Bill Belichick. Him and Snoop, like Snoop does the Olympics. Like him and Snoop do the Olympics. Oh, yeah, do that. Do that. Do, Send him go. to Paris. Do that. Have him do that. Do the ESPN do daytime shows still do that? They'll bring on, like, an NBA guy and then just leave him there for the next segment when they transition to talking an NFL topic and still talk to him about it. I remember the most egregious example of that was uh, Jay Williams when he was trying to really blow up. Mm-hmm. And he would have, like, these impassioned takes on everything. It's like, dude, how could you possibly care about baseball this much? There's no way. And here's NBC Olympic shuttlecock analyst Bill Belichick. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> By the way, my oldest NBC is in uh, in gym class this week in the sixth grade. They're doing uh, badminton, and he goes, "Dad, we have to play badminton." I'm like, "Badminton's awesome. I loved badminton in gym. Are you kidding me? Who doesn't love badminton?" He goes, "I can't hit the birdie." And I said, "You mean the shuttlecock?" And he goes, "Dad, we can't call it that." And I said, "What? That's what it is. That's what it's called. That's what it is, man." Like. What are you kidding? You can't say shuttlecock? What, you can't say Moby Dick either? It's a fa- famous on. novel. What are we doing? What are we doing in these schools, man? All right. Uh, badminton, there's... too, though. I agree with it's you. It's fun, man. Badminton. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember playing pickleball in, like, middle school. And I loved the pickle. It was like there was a racket sports session where you went pickleball into badminton or vice versa. And both were awesome. Badminton is a great backyard sport sports. if you have time to set that up on a warm day. I love yeah. it. Huge win. Uh, Thursdays at this time, we hit the emails. You guys were active in your emailing uh, this week. There's a lot going on here. Um, I'll get to as many as I can. Uh, Some of you like what we say. Some of you don't, and it's fair, so we'll read them all. Uh, Or read as many as we can. This is from Todd. Um, He writes, the subject is defending Michigan cheating. So he writes, do you guys even know that you are on air in Columbus? Why do you defend Michigan multiple cheating scandals over multiple years and scoff at the idea of them being punished? Very easy to change the channel when you guys fly the maize in blue. Is that accurate? 
We always say that they are going to get Michigan like ever. They're going to get got. They're just not going to lose their title over it. That's all we've ever said Uh, in my from my recollection, because we always say that, like, yeah, they are going to get punished for it. It's going to take a while for the investigation to be confirmed what the NCAA is going to do. And it's just that Charlie Baker statement. He's the guy in charge of the NCAA, and he says they want it fair and square. That leads me to believe that they're not going to go after the banner for this year's championship. We saw the game. Yes, we saw this happen. Like I don't know what else there is to tell you. They're going to get got big, but Harbaugh is scot free, and that championship banner going nowhere. It's going nowhere. They're not taking the president. Does Chops's point? The president said they want it fair and square. That's the end of it. That's done. That's not happening. Yeah, they'll lose scholarships. They'll probably lose recruiting visits. All of those things that'll happen, but they're not going to lose that part of it. Uh, this what one from- Stallion show Cosby. <laughs> Oh, he's not going to get another job anyways, but no. I wonder how long they'll make it. They yeah. should just make he's it gonna, arbitrarily crazy, like a thousand years. He's going to be a, he'll end up being like a podcast host. That's what that's going to be for Connor Stallions. That's the future of that. Uh, here's this one from Kevin. The subject is Bill O'Brien. Love the show, guys. As a Penn State fan, I can tell you without question that Ryan Day just put the Buckeyes on the same level as Georgia by hiring Bill O'Brien. It is now a two-team race for the 2024 Natty. Bob saved Penn State football back in 2012 with the greatest coaching performance ever seen in Happy Valley. I echoed all of that when they made the hire. It was interesting how some people were tepid about it. The other factor to remember on this, like, if you are trying to groom Brian Hartline to eventually be the offensive coordinator, you needed to hire somebody that he could look up to and go, oh, this guy knows how to do it too. This so is what you two. do to be an offensive coordinator. Yeah. Now he's got two in the room that, that he can learn from and eventually have that job. Um, so appreciate that on that. And that's, I, I think it's an absolute coup that they got him. Uh-oh, this one from Kerry. Caitlin Clark is the oh. subject. Agree that she got hit by the fan, but I am the only one that thinks that that there was some flopping going on when she got hit. Hands in the air is not typical reaction of getting hit, but more of a player performing. Players are now trained to make things appear to look worse than they are. Take another look and tell and and see what you think. A hundred percent, she flopped. I think watching that's why she threw the hands. I think you're used to that, but I also don't think it's a big deal. I think watching the video, I think she threw her hands and did the shove. I'm not sure about the flop. I think maybe she was just caught off guard enough that she went down because if the way I thought about it was, I mean, I guess for the sympathy and maybe your mind gets clouded, but why in that situation would you want to go to the ground during a court storming? Just, I, I think you're just, you put yourself in like almost like a little kid's position and it's almost because sometimes you revert to that amongst chaos and someone hits you and it's like, oh, my God, look what they did to me. Like that type of thing, especially coming off for a loss. Yeah, um, I, I think that's probably it. But the one thing I'm really proud of for everybody involved in that is that didn't turn into something more. It was kind of over by Monday morning. Yeah, I mean, Caitlin Clark, even like after the game was like, yeah, it knocked the wind out of me. And I already talked to the athletic director here yeah, at Ohio Jane State. But and she was then she was right back to the game. So that's yeah. Fine. Imagine like the official just running up and issuing a technical. <laughs> what if it was like a one point, you know, it ended up being like a, what, an eight point game or whatever. What if it was yeah. a one point game at that time? Send Sheldon to the line to shoot two. <laughs> shoot two. Yeah. <laughs> this is from uh, Andrew. The subject is Holtman. Do you think he makes it to next year? At some point, you got to win a road game, right? This feels like the last year all over again. Another year out of the tournament seeming more and more likely uh, of a losing record. It is. It's, it's been a brutal year. It's been a brutal two-year stretch. Um, do I think that, that he gets to next year? It's complicated by the fact that you have kind of two athletic directors and you have a big buyout. So 
that's part of it too. I know that he believes in his recruiting, but the player development just hasn't happened the way that they all thought it would. And and it's been a vastly, vastly disappointing season for sure. So Andrew on that one, um, this one from Jackie, I like anyone that starts huge fan. I think that's a win. Uh, I just love you and your show. Well, thank you, Jackie. We love All you, too. Right. What a win. Over the last few years, I've listened to your stories about your boys, your family, the blonde, your childhood, Montana. It's all great. I feel like I'm watching your boys grow up through all your updates about school and sports. You have some great kids, and you're a huge role model for all the kids that you coach. You might want to ask them about that. That's, I don't know. I don't know if I am. <laughs> uh, love your insight into the sports world. You tell it like it is. It's refreshing. I hate the analysts that tell all us Ohio fans what we want to hear. If we suck, then we suck. I look forward to Reaction Mondays to hear the real truth from you and the boys. Keep doing what you do. You're an inspiration for the young people, even us old folks. Hopefully someday I'll be able to meet you. Until then, I wish you and your family and friends the very best. Jackie, that is so kind, and we, we appreciate that a great deal here. Bo, so, someday, I, I would imagine this is in your future. When, you're, when your kids are in the graduating high school age, you'll be at a lot of graduation parties in those yeah. years. Some kids are going to come up to you and thank you for the job you did as their youth coach. I'm just Right now, I'm you, envisioning the sixth grade basketball team, and I think seven of them would. You could hear your Two name would say, shouted out <laughs> on draft <laughs> night. Think about that. Well, if you ask their parents. Think about that. If yeah. you ask their parents. There's uh, not getting quite enough time in crunch time, coach. Now, yeah. in crunch time. They could get to the league. Do you ever try to recruit and say, hey, come to come to our team, and oh, we'll, we'll make sure that they get a, a college scholarship? Uh, they're 100%. There is an elite <laughs> athlete two towns away. I know the dad really well. I'm Buddy Garrity. I'm really I'm willing to plant mailboxes. What, do you, <laughs> what type of job do you need? Let's get this moving. Like, no, I'm. A hundred percent into that. I'm constantly scouting. Uh, this is these these next three are all under the the headline of of trying to help. I think uh, this one from Scott. Uh, the subject is streaming. Scott says I've been streaming for years. All you need is a formula formula box at formulastore.com and get a provider, and it costs between fifteen and twenty bucks, and you get everything: Peacock, all the Prime Sports, and Netflix, all local channels in fifty states, plus every pay per view and NFL, NCAA sports. You need anything or have questions? Just send an email. Thanks and have a great day, Reese. This feels like your <laughs> this sounds like something from China that isn't exactly <laughs> legal. Store.com? <laughs> this feels like a restream situation. I'm, I'm Googling right now. But now it is. If it works, it is a good solution. Wait, wait. But read I, to me the domain again. <laughs> I don't want to get, I don't want to get Scott in trouble. Because, <laughs> like, I'm Googling it and I'm getting, like, baby be careful if you Be careful like if you do it at, at the work. You might not want that. I'll give it to you off air. Who knows what it. other type of electronics that this website might offer. Also, I have... Never, ever illegally done something. No, I have lots. Okay. Well, I, I have um, not. Oh yeah, I mean, I I remember uh, the the Florida in Florida I had the greatest situation ever. It was like I gave the cable guy like two hundred bucks to give me free cable, and he just put it. I just gave him two hundred dollars cash, and and then that was it. And I never paid for cable for like eighteen months. The barrier to cable used to be nothing. It just so was easy. screwing something Splice. on a box. Yeah, back in the day <laughs> when you could get like that splicer, and like yeah. you had to like install it. Like it was very like it. I mean, you had to rig it up to the yeah. like almost outside your house. My oh, yeah. uncle did that for my grandma and didn't tell her about it. <laughs> like he was just trying to help, and I think just she just help. wanted channels. But it turned out to be a big deal because it's super illegal. Yeah, I guess. I guess it is. I, I, I hope I'm past the statute of limitations. Allegedly super illegal. Yeah. This is from David. Uh, the subject is True Detective Season 1. Uh, I have truly enjoyed listening to your show over the years and being relatively new to the streaming world. I take note of many older shows you guys discuss and their favorites. Recently, you mentioned rewatching True Detective Season 1 and gave a pretty bold statement that it was nearly perfect. I thought that was pretty high praise. Typically, such reviews lead to disappointment, but I did watch them all this weekend. It was blown away. 
Yeah, it's great. Uh, so well written, exciting, great character development. Thank you so much for the referral. I know the show you talk about the same regard as The Sopranos, which I haven't watched yet. Well, enjoy that one. Uh, that one involves many more seasons and a time investment, so I'm a bit more hesitant to start it. But if you have others you feel strongly about, like True Detective, I will take a look at hearing which one of those may be. Thanks again for you and the fellas creating such an entertaining show in your own right. I do enjoy listening to you each day. Well, thank you for that, David. Um, so in terms of shorter spins, Deadwood and Rome are both awesome in that HBO world if you want to stay there. And you don't have to watch Sopranos all in one weekend, man. Like I'm so envious he gets to have that experience. Like, can you imagine that? Like he has like the Sopranos. Like if he hasn't seen the Sopranos oh. or The Wire, and he's got like six seasons of that in front of him, and you've never seen it. Plus, football's just about over. You're gonna have a lot of those weekend it times sets to up watch perfectly. <laughs> After the Super Bowl, you hop in. You go to Baltimore. You go to New Jersey. Yeah. You meet some new friends, and so then when run. you come out of it, it's we're spring game, baby. I've yeah. got to I've got to watch that first season of True Detective. What happened with me with True Detective was I watched I didn't watch it in real time, and then the second season came out, and everybody had been so high on the first season that, that I watched the second you one. Don't watch and was not that one. into it, and then I just never went back to the first season, even though I know it has much higher praise. It had so much <laughs> promise, but like Colin Farrell, I think get I'm pretty sure he should be dead, and it does not get dead. <laughs> well, the end of it is just nonsensical. The end of it. Uh, three's pretty good. Season three's good in the South with, uh, isn't that Mahershala Ali? I think yeah. He's, yeah. That. Mm-hmm. he's great. I had forgotten the they made season. a season three sort of when not. this fourth season yeah. was coming out. I thought no, this the was the fourth season, but. Third is awesome. So one is outrageous, and, and the third one is, is really good too. Finally, we'll close with this one from Ray. The subject is Ken Burns' Civil War. He writes, and we, and this is in regard to the, um, the, the conversation we were having, uh, earlier this week where I used the Shelby foot line of, of pulling the other arm out from behind its back. Um, he writes, one of the best quotes I remember from the Burns Civil War documentary was when a former slave witnessed his former owner being captured by the North and said to him, bottom rung on the top, sir. Well done. Well done, Ray. Pretty good, pretty good, pretty good email there indeed. NFL coaching carousel continues to move. Keep the emails coming. We'll get to them every Thursday at this time. Bishop and friends right here on the fan. The only radio station still operating with an active booze cart. I'm drunk right now. No, I'm not. Yes, I am. The Fan. Ohio sports destination. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Drink recommendations, movie reviews, sports discussion, and whatever the hell Reeser does. This is Bishop and Friends. Paul Feinbaum coming up at 10.33 on the bus Buckeyes rating of the Alabama roster. And also where Michigan goes from here. But between now and then, gear up the Tipico Sportsbook. Get in the betting action of the playoff football, the hoops, the hockey, and so much more. Take advantage of those massive odds boosts on your favorite teams and players for the biggest payouts. Try out the new Flex Parlay. Cash in on your bet, even if you miss a leg or two. So you claim your new sign-up bonus now. Get $100 in bonus bets when you bet $25. Sign up now and enter the promo code THEFAN100 to get a $100 bonus. Download the Tipico Sportsbook app today. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Ohio. Terms and conditions do apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER for more on that. NFL coaching carousel continues. Uh, I mentioned that at the top of the hour, the uh, the Ian Rappaport report. 
that uh, that there are some secondary interviews that are still going to go on today. Bobby Slowick uh, in Atlanta, one of those out there uh, that is going to happen today. Also, Which would be had, tough for Stroud. I think he really liked him this year in Houston. Sure, but I don't know that he's going to – I just don't know if he's going to – if you can withstand it. Like, that's the issue. And I think how many defensive coaches have been hired? Now, which odd because D'Amico was great and Dan Campbell's great. Belichick is out there. Campbell's out there defense, but the, the trend recently has been all of the offensive guys. It's been anybody from a Shanahan tree and Slowick does come from that tree. The, although I will say this year, two of the head coaching hires went with defensive guys, but they're more. I don't know enough about Gerard Mayo to know exactly if he's going to be this, but Antonio Pierce does seem more like the figurehead, follow me to freedom type head coach. He just happens to be a former defensive yeah. player and then a defensive coach on top of that. But Gerard Mayo, by all intents and purposes, yeah, does seem like that's a true. defensive coach. Well, he is, and he played linebacker, so for sure. Yeah, it's a good catch out of you that, that they have done some of that. Um, so, so those jobs are still, the, the open jobs remaining are Seattle, Washington, Atlanta and Carolina. Vrabel, a defensive coach again, he's, he's interviewing in Carolina. They are going to have to overpay for that one because that's a mess. That is a mess of a roster. Um, you know, the combine's coming up in a month and I remember, uh, doing the show over there and talking to Mike Renner about CJ versus Bryce. We haven't had Mike on in a while, but he's good. And, and we used to have him on relatively regularly. Every couple months we'd have him on. I know he's not at PFF anymore, but we were, we were talking. I remember him. He was kind enough to join us and, um, he wasn't the only one, but he was like that there was a clear delineation and separation between, uh, Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, that it was a gap. And everybody felt that way. Everybody in the league felt that way. And it's funny how you get to a point where now some of it's probably infrastructure, right? Like CJ was in maybe a better spot than we realized. I don't know. Or maybe he elevated the spot, but it was, it was amazing to me now looking back on, it, I thought about it just this morning, how, how different or how many people got that so wrong. There wasn't really any dialogue even about, are we sure CJ shouldn't go number one? In fact, I think the only, but only person at the combine who thought CJ should go number one was Josh McCown who was on the Carolina staff. Like, he loved CJ and wanted him to go number one badly. Even after the draft, there were people who questioned moving up to two to get CJ Stroud. Yeah. And if that was the right move for Houston, because now they've leveraged their future, could to move up into into two different spots there, and they trade up with, with Arizona. Uh, the I heard Sam Monson say this on the PFF uh, podcast about, like, it's really weird with with CJ and Bryce because they both kind of fell into things that we saw as possible, but things that most people didn't see as being the outcome for it. Because CJ, it was it was really predicated on, well, look at what he did against Georgia. That should have answered all the questions yeah. of things he can do. If he can actually do those things and you do it against Georgia, it seems like it should be translatable. Then he's going to be a good NFL quarterback. Well, he did. He played like he did against Georgia this year as a rookie for the Houston Texans. For Bryce Young, the year after the Heisman, his last year at Alabama, there were some of these things coming up where you're like, oh, maybe his size is an issue. Maybe he can't yeah. get this done. Oh, is he going to always be able to scramble away from guys like he does at Alabama in the NFL? And all of those ones seem to have kind of tagged along with him to this first year. So they both like fell into what was technically their ranges. They just went to the, the higher end for CJ and the lower end for Bryce Young. But who's to say that that always sticks because there's guys who have had bad rookie years and end up being good quarterbacks too and vice versa. Bryce Young's size, I don't think people gave enough credit for. Like they, they didn't talk. There wasn't enough conversation. It was like, oh yeah, he's fine. He's such an anticipatory thrower. Like 5'10", 180. It's the tough. weight more than the height. It's yeah. the weight. Yeah. Because I mean, Kyler is that 
That's how tall he's. Kyler's a little shorter. Um, you can be little. Baker's not a huge guy, but you have to have a frame. And he's he was he's so slight that it was one of those things of like, is he just going to get battered? And it was something that they thought, well, he's an anticipatory thrower. He won't take hits. He didn't do that at Alabama, and they they overlooked it. I think that Carolina job is brutal. And to your point, meddlesome owner. I mean, this is ultra meddlesome owner who's. I mean, he threw what he throw the drink on a fan. I mean, like this guy's, this Tepper guy's. He's he's a loose cannon. So it's a lot to take on to be the head coach in Carolina with a roster that's t- really brutal. Of of the ones left, that's the worst by far. Atlanta's the best by far, and then I I would slot Seattle in underneath. And then the commies are kind of like new ownership, just total transition phase. I mean, they're probably going to go with a new logo, new mask, all of it. And actually, if you take the commander's job, the chance that you are the coach when they get through it and they come out with their new image, you're probably not going to be the head coach at that time. Seattle's interesting because I think there's a good chance to have success there, but not be like an actual Super Bowl contender. I think you can definitely be a wild card team almost year in and year out right now with what Seattle has. But I don't know what their path is to actually getting back to a team that we think can make the Super Bowl. And I think with the commanders, you wonder, does the new ownership group like are you coming in? And I think they hired a new GM, um, mm-hmm. the San Francisco's assistant yeah. GM. Does he, come over, him. does he come over and say, okay, Sam Howell's going to be the guy. Are you going to work with him? Or are they going to say, okay, we're making everything new. Let's see ladder. what we can do this next season. Then you get your guys. Then you, I think. Well, well are they going to do the opposite, though, and have a fire sale and make sure or at I least think. put themselves that, yeah. in a position to be one, two, three in the draft? Well, they're picking second this year. So they're going to get they're going to get a quarterback. They're not going to get Caleb Williams, but they're going to get Drake May or they're going to get Jaden Daniels. One of the two is going to go unless they pull unless they go Browns and you go give us the surest thing. Like maybe they go look. I, I don't want to risk it on one of these quarterbacks. Like we're going to trade out of two, drop somewhere, and and maybe you try to draft Marvin Harrison and just say that's a it's a sure thing. Like give us we just need sure things right now. We can't have misses um, because the other thing about drafting a rookie quarterback is. They got it's got to be in a position to succeed, and you can't throw too much at them too quick. There is talent on that roster, though. They do have, I mean, McLaurin's there. I mean, they they've got some talent on the roster, so they're a fascinating one to me. Um, and I think Seattle, Seattle situation is actually their roster is a little better than Atlanta's. Um, it's just that they're the quarterback. Once you put like Cousins in Atlanta, that flips in a second, and the division is so much more navigable. Like if you're yeah. in Seattle, you got to deal with a Rams team that's now a playoff team out of nowhere that nobody thought. You got to deal with the 49ers every year. Arizona was frisky down the stretch. Like it's just so much easier. They're not going to win not, that division. No, no, no. You're not. You're not knocking off Kyle and the guys. Uh, we'll get back into the college football thing. How is uh, Ohio State's rating of the Bal- Alabama roster playing in the South? We'll ask a man who ought to know. Paul Feinbaum joins us next. Bishman friends, right here on the fan. The Chris Holdman Daily Show is brought to you locally on the fan by Credit Union of Ohio. This is the Chris Holtman Daily Show brought to you by Encoba Insurance. We talked about Evan Mahaffey and his career high against Penn State. A lot of people may be aware of the story. His dad is awaiting a heart transplant. Uh, I imagine that as a coaching staff, you have to engage in guys' personal lives. For sure, absolutely. I think this is um, a profession as it always should be, where if it's... Um, you know, transactional. It's, it needs to be more relational than transactional. Uh, I think whenever you're dealing with people, and um, certainly when you have young men who are going through uh, difficult things, and this is about as difficult as to get. His dad's had a really uh, significant heart uh, condition. Um, 
and I would assume that we'll hear some news r- real soon about uh, his care. But, uh, yeah, it's it's important. Evan's done a great job and uh, loves his dad, loves his family, Cincinnati kid, so it's a quick drive for him to be able to get back home. We'll have another comment in just a moment. Hi, I'm Archie Griffin, two-time Heisman Trophy winner. The right coverage can be a game-changer both on and off the field. That's why Encova Insurance and their local independent agents are prepared for what's next and protect what matters most to you. Whether that's your home, car, business, or family, Encova's got your back with a policy that fits you perfectly. With local independent agents in your neighborhood and innovative insurance products that can be tailored to fit your unique needs, Encova's playbook is an easy win for your peace of mind. You can trust their team of agents to develop a strategy that's just right for you. And it's not just X's and O's. Your expert agent will guide you and provide insurance solutions so you can confidently manage your risk and count on a financially secure future. Bottle home and business insurance, you want Encova on your team. Visit Encova.com today to find an agent near you. Encova is a proud sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. Go Bucks! At Ohio State, all that we accomplish means even more when achieved together. We're creating the new field of imageomics to track biodiversity. Space farming to feed the world. We're developing cardio-oncology therapies to reduce heart damage. AI trust verification to protect AI technologies from hackers. And engineering more fuel-efficient cars. At Ohio State, we're creating these solutions the world needs now. This is the Ohio State Sports Network from Learfield. Chris, and asking you about Evan Mahaffey and his dad, uh, important that coaches all get tied into everybody's families from uh, recruitment to completion? Yeah, our, our guys do a great job. You know, Jack Owens, who recruited Evan here, uh, does a great job being tied into his family. And uh, we're, we're well aware of kind of what he's going through. Evan can be a quieter kid. He's a tremendous kid. He's a tremendous kid, tremendous buck guy. But, yeah, we're, we're uh, praying for his family and, and for a full recovery of health. Yeah, this is the Ohio State Sports Network from Learfield. Is it time to upgrade your financial situation? Whether you're shooting for financial goals or making a fast break towards savings, Credit Union of Ohio is on your team. If you live in Central or Northeast Ohio, you could score big with affordable loans and competitive savings. Enjoy Credit Union of Ohio's fast and easy online application process and make a slam dunk when it comes to your financial needs. Start winning at cuofohio.org. That's cuofohio.org. Federally insured by NCUA. Everybody knows that Roosters is a fun, casual joint with their award-winning waitstaff, great food, fun, and laughter. It's a quick stop on the way home to sit back and unwind or grab a carryout. Roosters is where you, your family, and friends can order pizza, sandwiches, salads, and more. And the home of award-winning wings that are fresh, never frozen. It's your family's other dinner table. Roosters, a fun, casual joint. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Distilled sports discussion served in light beer quantities. You're listening to Bishop and Friends. 
All right, time to head out on the Brian Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Conversation with a great friend of the program, Paul Feinbaum, the Paul Feinbaum Show, of course. Uh, Paul, well, I guess what we all knew was going to happen finally did. Harbaugh to the Chargers. Um, I, I said off the top of our show, like, it's kind of a Danny Ocean vibe. Like, he kind of got away with all of it. And I don't know if there will be any – he's going to leave his program in potentially an abyss, but he walks out on a high note. How do you make sense of, of this renaissance that he had there and the way that he leaves the program? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it's a positive for, for everyone in a way, even though he, he's left a mess behind because, I mean, he was so toxic, uh, as your audience well knows, uh, and everyone with an objective view of college football. I mean, he, he did the one thing that you have to do, though, to make everybody forget the bad, and that's win a title. Uh, and we act like uh, the guy was a saint. But, but yeah. quite frankly, uh, I, I can't forget uh, the first six years losing uh, to, to Ohio State every year. I can't forget the fact that, his own boss wanted to fire him, and, and now he has written the wrongs, and he's left uh, a mess, uh, I think, uh, quite frankly. I, I, ultimately, I do believe that uh, his departure will help Michigan with the NCAA. He was the target, uh, other than Connor Stallions, now that he's gone. Uh, I don't think uh, you know the, the penalty will be severe, if, if anything. But, but, but you know, I'm, I'm a little tired today, Bo, I don't know about you. Of watching, uh, and I've been on a couple of shows on ESPN. You know, celebrating this guy like, uh, oh, yeah. like he's the Pope of college football. He's not. No, that's been it's been a wild thing. It's it. I guess we what you do last is what's remembered most. But it's very similar to Pete Carroll leaving SC and ask Lane Kiffin, yeah. ask Steve Sarkeesian what that was like. Yeah, Chip Kelly did the same thing at Oregon, um, yeah. and and it just you know. But but it, listen, I. That that's why Harbaugh never gave up, and, and I, I love the fact that two years ago, remember when uh, he was humiliated, uh, you know, sitting uh, outside waiting to talk to the Minnesota Vikings like like a like a like a vending machine salesman. Uh, he then said, uh, "That's the last time I'll ever talk to the NFL." Of course, we know that we know that was a lie because Jim Harbaugh was moving his lips. Yeah, exactly right. So it sounds like it's going to be Sharon Moore up there. How do you view? You know, these are tough, right? You hire the guy who's there, and it helps with roster retention. We're in a weird spot where you got a 30-day window, and we'll get to the Alabama situation and how Ohio State benefited here in a second. But what do you make of, if it is Sharon Moore, what do you make of that? Well, I think it has to be him uh, because uh, Michigan has watched what's happened at Alabama, uh, and uh, they don't need anybody else to bail out and go to Ohio State. So, I mean, he'll be the guy, and and I think he's a, he's a good choice. Uh, he certainly earned it if, if there's such a thing when you coach six games. Uh, especially the last three really mattered a lot. Uh, so, I mean, he, he, this won't be difficult, but, uh, there'll be slippage, but, but hey, there was going to be slippage anyway. Yeah. Uh, this was a, 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 this was the year for Michigan, and that's why it was so important for them to get it right. How did the last week play in the South? Um, we have, I, I said this week on our show, Ohio State has never behaved this way in football. Not this aggressively, um, not this ruthlessly. Um, the roster has been has gotten an incredible boost, largely from Alabama. Quite honestly, how how did this play in, in your neck of the woods? Very poorly, <laughs> I might add. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I don't think Alabama folks have ever really looked at Ohio State as. A, I mean, there was some bitterness after twenty fourteen, uh, but it went away and. And but now uh, suddenly Ohio State is the new enemy, and I, I think the, the, the smart fans down here are licking up there, going, "Yeah, we know Ryan Day uh, has lost three straight, uh, but right now he it looks like Nick Saban has just uh, willed his program 
to to Ohio State. And and uh, you know, I, I don't think anybody can look past the fact that, that Ohio State now has the best roster in college football. And and the, and yeah, you know, all all three of those players uh, were were. I mean, you know, on top of the, the quarterback from K State and. Jack, who, by the way, last year, uh, not this past season, but the year before, was the best running back at the SEC. He was banged yeah. up last year, and there were a lot of issues at Ole Miss uh, with him. But uh, what, what you got in Caleb Downs, uh, I'll tell you a quick story. You may have heard it before, but Kevin Steele told a group of us uh, before the season, not after the season, he was a defensive coordinator. This is mm-hmm. the best defensive guy I have on my team. Uh, that's before he ever played it down. Uh, I mean, he, he is a game-changer. Uh, saying the quarterback uh, who who Alabama fans were just raving about, they couldn't wait to get him in there and maybe even replace Jalen Milrow by the end of the year. Uh, that, that that's an unbelievable. And the, but my favorite story last night on our show, uh, a guy called up a Bama guy upset with all the criticism. He said, "Well, you know that the, the board didn't want him." I, I'm saying, "Oh, whatever, <laughs> sure." Uh, you, you you just turned away the best quarterback in the country for some guy that committed to Washington that was a three and a half star. Um, and yeah, but beyond that, uh, I, I have. Uh, I mean, this is this is really beyond what Saban used to do in terms of recruiting at, at Alabama it's, and, and Kirby Smart. I mean, this is. Uh, I think it has elevated Ohio State in the Big Ten uh, to a point where, in the biggest year that we've ever had in college football, uh, some folks in the SEC are worried. Yeah, it's just we've never seen Ohio State behave like this. You know Bill O'Brien a little bit too from his his two years down there at, on on Nick's staff as the offensive coordinator. That's a hire that happened before all of this, and I think his hire kind of allowed for the Julian Sand part of it because they got now five quarterbacks in the room, and two of them are five star recruits. So I think his his savvy kind of will help there. What what do you make? What did you make of that hire from Ryan Day to go get Bill O'Brien? It was a, he had a weird tenure at Alabama because uh, you know he had Brian uh, Bryce Young and uh, they didn't win a championship so uh, yeah. that's considered a disappointment. Uh, he doesn't he he's not considered. Uh, I mean I mean I, I, what I'm about to say doesn't make sense, but they never really thought he was a great recruiter. Although he just labeled, he just landed the best player uh, that uh, the best quarterback in the country. So I, that's not really a complete statement. But he's a little bit different. Uh, he's an older guy that uh, has been a head coach and. Uh, quite frankly, uh, about two years ago, I thought he might be an heir apparent to Saban, but then he mm-hmm. kind of, he fell out of favor. Everybody on the Alabama staff fell out of favor a year ago. I mean, after all, uh, they lost two games and didn't make the championship. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the standard down there. Um, on the Alabama front, um, they were, they were helpless in this regard, right? I mean, there's nothing they could do. They had a 30, you can get your roster, you can get purged and you just kind of got to deal with it. Um, they can be active in the spring window. Um, how active do you think they will be? And does, I'm curious if you know this. I know the SEC can't go pillage the other SEC teams, but theoretically, could they pillage Texas and Oklahoma since they're not yet in the SEC in the spring? Uh, I- that is an, that's an interesting legal question because they don't become a member of the SEC officially until July 1st. So I think they probably could, even though Texas and Oklahoma are now in the SEC window. So uh, I'm going to have to find that. That's a yeah. great question, by the way. Um, one thing I know about the, about the spring window, you don't see a lot. Uh, Alabama's best player last year uh, came from Notre Dame. He's now playing lacrosse. Uh, he was a quarterback. So yeah. I, I think those are usually players who got beat out and are disgruntled. You don't see a lot of frontline guys bailing out in late April. 
No, it, it does. You just now this Michigan job, there's 30 days now where they can go. But because of the academic calendar, I don't think you're going to see much with that one. Um, you, you mentioned Ohio State in terms of having the most talented roster. Now that you see what's happened at Alabama, obviously, I would assume you'd have Georgia second. Paul, who else right now down there is is in that mix? You know, it's really interesting. There's no way to calculate Alabama because it's still unknown really what they're going to look like. But but what I see of them is not a top-five team. I think Ole Miss and Missouri are, are two, uh, and, and Texas are, are, are the three I'm, I'm most interested in. I think Texas probably ahead of the other two because they have Ewers back. They mm-hmm. still have Arch Manning biding his time. They picked up some uh, Alabama's best receiver uh, and a couple of other key players. So I, I think Texas is number two and then probably – uh, I would say Missouri and, and Ole Miss, uh, either or. Paul, I'll get you out of here on this one. You mentioned uh, Arch Manning. He's, he's just going to wait, I guess. Is that is that the situation? He's just going to wait it out? I think so. I, I don't think anybody expected yours to come back. Uh, yeah. I mean, he, he seems committed uh, to Texas, but uh, you know, that, that can change pretty quickly. I think... Uh, he, I mean, he really, st- he was, he was the third string quarterback last year, so he didn't move up, but I have a feeling he'll make a lot of progress. So I think he'll give it one more year. I think if it was any other family and you, I know yes. that family and, and they're, 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 they're different breed. Uh, don't forget, uh, Peyton could have been the number one pick in state and college and, uh, and EY got, uh, his father to uh, get him another, another team other than the Chargers. He ended True. up with the Giants. So I mean, they, they're, they're not your normal, uh, everyday family. No, they are not, Paul. Thank you so much for your time. Always appreciate the conversation. My pleasure. Thank you. All right, that's Paul Feinbaum, the Paul Feinbaum Show on the SEC Network, ESPN, and Sirius XM. We hit Thing or Not a Thing up next. Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan. We used to have a billboard with our host face on it, but only ugly people work here now. You mama say you ugly. Hey! The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Our top men are working on everything. Except this show. This is Bishop and Friends. All right, time for a little thing or not a thing on a Thursday. Hit it, fellas. Thing or not a thing. Sponsored by Apex Plumbing Pros. First one up today, kind of checking in on a story we had yesterday. Bucks two-time MVP Giannis Antetokounmpo said the firing of first-year coach Adrian Griffin caught him by surprise, but that he trusts Milwaukee's decision makers to give the team the best possible chance to win a championship. This was from post them beating the Cavs last night. He also pushed back on the notion that these kind of decisions come down to him. At times, they, they make it seem like it's the players that are making the decision that this guy got traded because this he wanted him and he but like no that, you know I have a job like my job is to be the best version that I can be and try to lead this team to win games that's like that's why I get paid I don't get paid to change people's life and make people uncomfortable I get paid to defend blacks that like. You, and then I try to stick to that as much as I as much as I can, because I understand like I don't like that aspect of it. And there's people that get paid a lot of money 
to make those decisions that those decisions are hard. Thing or not a thing. I couldn't like him more. I mean, I think he's probably telling the truth on this, but I also think there's a little bit of n- nonsense to it. Like, if you own the Milwaukee Bucks, you'd be an idiot not to go to Giannis and say, hey, what do you think about this? Like, you, you're trying to tell me that like he wasn't consulted about the hiring of Doc Rivers? Of course he was, as he should be. He's integral. He's the franchise. Like, he's more important than anybody. Like, you would have to go to him and say, would you be on board with this? So I think he's probably true that they don't, he's maybe one of these guys who doesn't meddle. And I think this is probably a player by player uh, scenario. But I also think that if you own the Bucks, you'd be doing yourself a disservice if every major decision wasn't run by him. Like, for sure they asked him about Damian Lillard. And you'd have to say, would you want to play with Damian Lillard? Of course. Yeah, he talks about people getting paid a lot of money to make those decisions. I don't think anybody's getting paid more than $45 million. And that's just this season. Signed a three-year deal worth $177 million. I don't think anybody in that building, nay, in Milwaukee, nay, in Wisconsin, no. is making that much money that feels per like year. A, that feels like a hell of a deal Maybe some for the Bucks. I, I don't think like he, It's only 45 for Giannis? Yeah. To me, I mean, on a true free market, it'd be 100 I, and the thing about it too, like I, he's the most important person in the Milwaukee Bucks organization. So even if he's not going out there and explicitly saying that I don't want this coach here, or I want this guy traded, yeah. or I want you to bring this guy here, if you have any, if they get any inclination that he feels a certain way about somebody or feels a certain way yeah. to bring somebody in, they're going to do what is ever in their power to do that, even if he doesn't specifically ask for it. Yes. Yeah, Christian Yelich is getting $26 million, so my Milwaukee statement was correct there. Yeah. In his weekly appearance on Rothman and Ice, uh, this is Wednesdays at 1230, ESPN insider Adam Schefter comes on, and if you didn't hear from yesterday, you can go back and listen to it, but uh, my eyes got really wide when he was asked a very straightforward question by AR. Have the Chargers, do you know if they have a an offer on the table for him? And this is him trying to make sure yeah. that he hasn't left any stone until like he has one in the bag almost and they've granted him time to. I guess I'm hesitant to say that because I, I never know that. Like, what is an offer? You know, like, and then when you say, well, Jim Arbaugh's got an offer, then it's reported he's got an offer. Like either you have a deal or you don't. Well, that they pre- that well that they presented an offer to his agent and he's thinking it uh, over. Or uh, I, I, I I don't know. Okay. I mean, I'm just being honest. Like, no, that's fair. To me, I don't. I and and I, I, it doesn't matter to me. Thing or not a thing. Here's the thing with Schefter, and it's him. It's Woj. It's Shams. It's Rappaport. There's a handful of them. Right, whoever the NBA, Major League Baseball equivalent is, LeBron and those guys in hockey, he has to be so careful with his wording. And those people that I just listed are the only people that it actually matters if they're first. All the rest of us, it doesn't matter. None of it matters. You, we can be first on anything. It doesn't matter. But those guys have to be first because they're paid to be first. So he has to be so careful with his wording so when he talks about the offer, and I don't know, I think he's just being careful. I, I think he probably knows everything. He's usually agent-connected is the way that he goes, and the teams are uh, rapid I think in this case, connected. I would go one yeah. step further. He's Jim Harbaugh-connected. Could be. I mean, there's a Michigan connection there. That's very possible that that would be the case. Um, but I, I think that he's just trying to protect. His, you can't imagine. I can't even imagine. I mean, he gets compensated well, but can you imagine the pressure on him to break? 
Like yeah, the, I mean, that's, that's why he picks up his people, phone when he's on TV. For sure. They're, those six guys, or those people I mentioned, there's probably a couple others, they're the only people in, in the sports media world that it matters if you're first. It really does. Like, they keep score of that stuff. Everybody else is just a prediction. It's yeah, an actual... Or you re- even if... Like, let's say we broke something here. It's not going to change. And we've done that before. It's not going to change anything with us. We're not being held. They're not judging us by breaking stuff. They're bre- they're judging us by your reaction to what breaks. Yeah. And That's our job. His and, job is to break it. I mean, people have argued before that the most like profitable and important thing to ESPN at this point is Adam Schefter's Twitter account. Like yeah. that's how like obviously the live sports is, but like outside of that, like it might be Adam Schefter's Twitter account. It probably gets the most engagement than than their shows do. I I'm so close to appreciating this because I've been on this for the last few weeks because I've noticed it even more the couched language that people throw the reports out because we got the within striking distance for the Chargers and so Adam Schefter says it here and he will I think he will use that language when he knows it's not official and I just wish that we could get to that point where it's like just report it when you know it and just say it can't we just say it why do we have to use all this weird language and you know why obfuscate it all I know why but I don't want yeah. it to be that way I know, anymore but they, they have to do it because. If they don't hedge, then they look. Then at least they can say, "Look, I, t- I told you this was coming." You know what I mean? It's it's a crazy that's a crazy world, and there's probably about ten people on the planet to know what it's like. PFT with this Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes. He hasn't thrown an interception through two games of this year's playoffs. He didn't throw an interception in three postseason games last year either, which means he could set a new NFL record on Sunday if Mahomes doesn't throw an interception against the Ravens in the AFC Championship game. He will become the first quarterback in NFL history to go six straight postseason games without an interception with a minimum of 20 passes thrown in each game, assuming he gets to 20 passes against the Ravens as well. Thing or not a thing. A huge thing. I mean, we're going to do the picks here in 10 minutes, and you're betting against that guy? I mean, it's he's just he's different. He's just built different. Yeah, it's just, I mean, this is one of probably a dozen bonkers stats, bonkers postseason stats that Patrick yeah. Mahomes has or will have when it's all said and done with him. Yeah, it's that's just incredible. Um, speaking, just real quick, speaking on his radio show, New York City, WFAN's Boomer Esiason predicted the next head coach of the Commanders will be someone who can help develop quarterback Sam Howell. I'll tell you who the best coach available is to make him the best player he can be. His name is Ben Johnson. He's the offense coordinator for the Detroit Lions. Never runs, been head coach, though. I know. Runs an unbelievable offense. But he's going to be the head coach of the Commanders. I told you that. So you're telling me that's that's a lock. Yeah. Head coach of the Commanders. Yes. Ben Johnson. Yes. Thing or not a thing. Well, there's a lot well, to report. Be, yeah, that's pretty that's pretty direct. Um the the thing that so we hypothesized about that when we were doing the coaching thing. Like so then does Washington say we're not totally in love with any of these guys. Let's we think there's a little something here with Howell. Let's build the rest of this roster and do they draft Route Man Marv number two overall? feels like you could at least go to three so that New England got what exactly they wanted at quarterback at two. But you can't go to four. You can't go past four because Arizona's taken him. They're, I mean, it's tough because there likely will be guys who rise to the top this year. But, I mean, just last year you know, or two years ago with the Kenny Pickett draft, there really weren't any first-round quarterbacks. So if you take that risk and go on these guys who do have that expectation to be these top picks – are you going to be sure if you have another high pick that that's going to be the guy, or are you ready to roll with Sam Howell long term? 
Just to counter that, though, are we sure on Jaden Daniels and Drake May? No, we're not. That's the that just that's. But just if you the all of a sudden have be, the number one pick and it's a right. year where that you don't like any of the quarterbacks at all at the top, then you're really punting. Yeah, yeah would be the way that that would go. Uh, we'll attempt to beat the house coming up next final hour on a Thursday. Bishop and friends, right here on the fan. Common man has spent the past 18 years telling you how much he hates people, and yes, that probably means you too. Common man and T Bone weekdays at three. The- For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Producers, co-hosts, friends, some of those things are true. You're listening to Bishop and Friends. Little Shelly time coming up at 11.33. Mel Kuyper's mock draft, first of the new year. We'll get into some of the details on that, where the Buckeyes could land, what the local teams could be doing as well, and what figures to be a quarterback-heavy first round as we anticipate that it will be uh between not now and then however we will attempt to beat the house hit it boys beat the house. sponsored by typico sportsbook as far as beating the house you guys not Sad. too too good last week Bo. two and two four and six for the playoffs overall Reeser one and three still at 500 though five and five for the playoffs and this new guy chops four and this guy Eight and two for the playoffs, and hey, that already locks up a winning record for the postseason. I'll take yeah, it. You're, you're safe. Hang the banner. That's good. Uh, these games will be played on. By the way, did you guys see? Um, obviously, we talked about the ratings, the fifty million that were in on the the Chiefs and Bills uh, game. the The streaming numbers for the was it the Peacock game on Saturday night? Um, it was over twenty. It was twenty three million, but the key to it was. It led to 3 million new subs. That's what Peacock. I said. If they could only get 10% of a 20 million and get yeah. 2 million new subs, they, and they, they, they exceeded it. That they was three. That's why they did it. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> so 3 million, and it's what's Peacock? I don't even, I have it. I don't even know. Like it's, it's one on of the a credit card. It's cheaper like six ones. Bucks. Yeah, it's like five ninety nine. I think. Okay. So 6 bucks, 3 million new. That works out nicely. Yeah. And it's yeah. and they have ads on it too, so that you yeah. know their ad revenue can go up from that. It works. You will see more of it uh, this week. We are on the linear. Uh, we are on the networks. The AFC game is the Chiefs and Ravens. It is a three thirty kick on CBS. I love what the NFL has done with the schedule this postseason with these three thirty six thirty windows. It's money. Um, I love the fact that they get in, get out. You got like a ten minute buffer, and you're on to the next game. It was a home run last week. You're going to get it again this week on Sunday. I do wish. I, I don't feel passionately about it, but I do think I would like two six thirties. One Saturday, one Sunday, as opposed to seven hours of football. Uh, but I could argue one way. I, I understand the tradition of it having it all being on Sunday, too. On that note, what do you think of their, you know, this is just how they've traditionally done it. They just switch off AFC and NFC, which one gets to be the, quote, primetime yeah. game. Last year, it was that uh, the Chiefs-Bengals game because it just happened to be the AFC's turn. It feels yeah. like the AFC one could possibly have more juice, but I could hear the argument for either. But there are years where it's less appealing. Would you want them to flip the better game to the later time, no. or are you okay with it? No, I love a 3.30. I mean, that's the one I want to watch the most. Just Chief- I, wa- I love both these games, but like Chiefs and Ravens, 
I mean, it feels like a Super Bowl almost to me. So, like, that's the one that I want to be most keyed into. And I love the idea that it'll be over by 6.15. I think that's 6.30. I think that's money uh, in that regard. So I, I like it. And I think they'll do a bigger number. Even though, like, people, a lot of times people think, well, in the evening you could do the better. I, I think 3.30 they'll crush it um, with, with that number uh, for that game. It, it's Let's start there. So it's Chiefs and Ravens. This is... They've been kind of eyeing each other. That Mahomes has a little bit of a, you know, we we did the comparison with uh, LeBron earlier. That one applies to him. There's a little bit of a kind of a Magic Johnson thing to Mahomes too. If you follow me on this analogy, really from the time Magic got into the league until the time that he ended, he was always in the finals. They didn't miss many. So it, Jordan was there, Dr. J was there, uh, and then eventually the Pistons were there, and then eventually Jordan. So like. The East had different representation over a dozen years, but he was always there. And that's kind of how I feel about the AFC Championship game now with Mahomes, where, like, he's there all the time. Like, he's dealt with – I mean, he played Tom Brady in an AFC Championship game. Um, and then he played, played him in Burrow. a Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, played Burrow in, in AFC Championship games. Josh Allen and now Lamar Jackson in AFC Championship games. This, this Ravens team is pretty – Loaded. Uh, they looked great last week, especially in the second half. I think more pressure is on them than it is on Kansas City. Here's their coach, John Harbaugh, on what it, why he is confident that they are properly prepared for this one. When you get to this point, teams are forged. You know, they've been through a lot. You know, our story, our journey is our journey, right? And it's unique. It's it's no different than human beings or individuals. You know, everybody's on their own unique path, and uh, our path is our path. And we've had uh, you know a lot of short weeks, a lot of quick turnarounds, a lot of tough teams we've played. A lot of physical ball games, uh, teams that were playing for a lot. That's been our journey this year. So that's how we've been forged for this for this uh, moment. And, and this will obviously be all about the quarterbacks. Uh, Lamar Jackson going to win the MVP. Could potentially do it unanimously. He says there's no extra pressure facing Mahomes. There's no pressure at all on my shoulders or on my mind. The defense just got to do what they've been doing all season, and we got to do what we're supposed to do. You know, put points on the board, and we will have nothing to worry about. You know, just everyone do their job. It's a great team, no doubt about it. You know, all phases, special teams, offense, defense. But if you score points and you stop an opposing team, you have a fair chance to win. And that's just what we need to do. He I does believe him. Yeah, he sounds like a guy who believes the fire yeah. he lit last week that we are better than this team. And he goes into every game right now thinking they are better. And a lot of times he's right. Yeah, I, I believe him. I don't think he does feel any. I think that's outward, for sure, but not from him. Uh, here's Patrick Mahomes on Lamar Jackson and the matchup. The way he's able to just be a competitor and score the football, obviously, and then their entire team. It's a tall task. you got to go out there and play your best football, and if you make any mistakes, it seems like uh, the game's going to go the other way. So uh, uh, we've been able to play in a couple games, not in a few years now, um, but I've admired watching him from afar and know that uh, it's going to be a great challenge for us every time we go up against him. All right, time to pick it. Go ahead. All right, Patrick Mahomes is 3-1 and all-time against Lamar Jackson, but they have not met in the playoffs as of yet. It's a tough one, and I think I'm going to go for a little bit of a Reeser pick on this that I think that... Well, you Pat- gotta, we go first. You set oh, it up. Oh, you want me to say the numbers. You yeah, set yeah. it up. Well, <laughs> I know how it works. We, we, we mixed we're it up a little bit so here. different this week. We mixed You're it right. different. Right. So, yeah. so go ahead. Give us the numbers. The Ravens are three-and-a-half-point favorites at home hosting the go. Chiefs. Yeah. So I was just looking back. Um, I'm four and six in the playoffs, and I've said many times I never go against Mahomes. Always pick him to win the Super Bowl. Always pick him to to win MVP. All of those things. It's worked out a lot. The first two weeks, I picked him not to cover against Miami, swamping. I picked him to lose last week to Buffalo. 
I've learned my lesson. I'll take the three and a half. I'm not going against that dude again until I'm proven wrong. And if I have to come in here on Monday and say, well, I blew that, fine. I'm rolling with him. Give me the Chiefs. Same Z's. I'm going with my my rule too that I'm I'm sticking with Mahomes because I don't think it's going to be any situation where he's ever like going to give up on a game so he's going to be going all the way until the end. So I like the Chiefs plus 3 and a half but I'm do I'm pulling a reaser here. I do think the Ravens win. So you like it like 27-24. Mm-hmm. I like it very close. I think it'll be close too. I just think the Chiefs win in that close situation because they got Patrick Mahomes. You just feel like like if he gets the ball, like I said, said that with the Buffalo game, like even if that field goal goes in, he's got the ball in three minutes. The way you're really going to bet against that? The way they ran Lamar last week, the way he wanted to run last mm-hmm. week, says says to me that the Ravens are going to do whatever it takes to win the Kitchen game, sink. and I think they will do enough to win the game. It's just going to be closer than three and a half. Yeah. Um, all right, in the NFC, this is the 6.30 kick. It is on Fox. Uh, Dan Campbell, he's done everything that he thought he would do, that he promised he would do. Uh, he, uh, naturally, he would be confident in his team. Here's Dan. Everything starts with ability, right? You have to have ability in this league. We have ability. But but deeper than that, you, man, you have to be able to handle the ebbs and flows of a game in a season and playoffs. And that's what, that's what has been built for three years now. And so that's what gives me faith. Look, there's going to be things that are going to happen in this game that it's going to look like it's out of control. And it's not going to go well for us. And as long as we just play the next play, it'll turn. And that's what we've done all year. And that's the most important thing to keep in mind. But you've got to be made a certain way, and the team has to be made a certain way to be able to handle that. Otherwise, you just crumble. So um, that's what gives me faith. We have a team that's built that way. Yeah, they, they certainly do. Kyle Shanahan on the other side of this thing, still trying to chase down that elusive Super Bowl. He's had a ton of at-bats in it. Um, he's very familiar with Jared Goff. Here's Kyle on the Lions quarterback. I think he's showing some of the stuff that he did in L.A. You go with Jared, I mean, he built for a number of years, especially, you know, I think 17, 18, really 18, played at MVP-type level. When they give him a good scheme, when he's got good people around him, Jared's going to always find the spot. He's as accurate as any quarterback I've seen. He can play at a very top level. If you sit and make things easy for him, he will gas you. I've seen it over and over, whether he's with the Rams, whether he's with Detroit, and that's why you challenge it. You better be on your stuff or you can embarrass you fast. The other quarterback in this matchup is Brock Purdy. He was not great until he had to be last week. The one benefit he will have this week is that the Niners will once again be at home. The Bay Area and the faithful in general, we want this game bad. And they've obviously been hoping to have another championship come in this organization. The last couple times we've been in the Super Bowl, we've fallen short. So now we get a shot at it again. So to play at home in the NFC Championship, it's going to be sweet. Guy who got hurt in the same game last year. He did. Yeah, he did. What do we have, Chops, on the number? Lions at 49ers, San Francisco minus seven. The Debo question is still out there for yes. them. I saw yesterday 50-50, right? Has there been any update? or I haven't way, seen anything updating it. Yeah, They're different without him. And even if he's not there all the way, he's going to be limited. So he's not going to be all him. So they get Ayuk involved the way that they should be. Um, they they are I do think that they win the game. I just think the number is a little big at seven here. So I think the Niners win a game. I think it could be very similar to their game last week against the, the Green Bay Packers, where it's tight and and they get it last and, and they get a score and they win by they win by six, they win by a field goal, something like that. So I'll take the Lions to cover, but the Niners to win. 
samesies. And for the Debo question, with also Jared Goff, much more experienced quarterback than what you got last week with Jordan Love, and you saw what Love was able to do up until the very end against the 49ers. They're susceptible to being scored on. This is closer than seven. I like San Francisco, uh, but give me the Lions here. I think San Francisco will be able to take a lead, and Detroit has actually built a pretty strong running game as the season has gone yep. along, but they won't be able to rely on that in the second half if they are down. And then it goes on the, the shoulders of Jared Goff, who has played really well this year, but I don't think it's quite going to be enough. The Debo question is there. As long as he's on the field, though, he can at least be good decoy for scheming if they move him into the to the backfield, they move him out of the backfield. That kind of stuff is so confusing for teams to do, and I think that eventually... The, all the offensive firepower on the 49ers is going to come through and they're going to score multiple times in the fourth quarter and they're going to cover it. 49ers minus seven. All right. So we, Reese and I went the same and then Chops, you just like the Niners uh, to cover the seven. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the way that that goes. Last week I picked all of the home teams. This week I picked both of the roads to uh, to cover. I'll tell you, the dream scenario is out there. Almost in any in any way, the NFL wins. All four of these teams are are money. I think Detroit in a Super Bowl would be a bonanza if if that happened. These those Rust Belt cities, man, in Super Bowls, it goes nuts. Go ahead. If Bruce. if 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 the Lions yeah. are able to beat the Niners, do you scrap Usher and make Eminem your halftime yes. show? Yeah, for sure. I, there's Eminem no and Bob Seger. Usher. Eminem and Bob Seger. Sure. Eminem and Bob Seger. Yep, that's what I want. That's exactly who I want in it. Nine moves. That's right. Little bit. Of, that's exactly how that goes. Mel Kiper uh, with his round one mock draft quarterback heavy at the top. We'll tell you how many Buckeyes he sees in the first round and what he envisions the local teams doing coming up next. Bishop and friends, right here on the fan. Tweet from a listener. Are you carrying the Buckeye game today? Considering we've never not carried one. Yes. The answer is yes. The fan. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The uncle you never knew you had. The friends you kind of wish you didn't. This is Bishop and Friends. And Garrett with the Tipico Sportsbook this winter. Get in on the betting action, playoff football, the hoops, the hockey, so much more. Take advantage of those massive odds boosts on your favorite teams and players for the biggest payouts. Try out their new Flex Parlay. Cash in on your bets even if you miss a leg or two of that parlay. Claim your new sign-up bonus now and get $100 in bonus bets when you bet $25. Sign up now. Enter the promo code THEFAN100 to get a $100 bonus. Download the Tipco Sportsbook app today. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Ohio. Terms and conditions do apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER for more on that. NFL mock draft season is here. We're a little less than a month away from the NFL scouting combine. The Bears are going to have to have a deal in place for Justin Fields before that. Don't you think? You're going to have to. The teams are going to have to go there knowing what they're looking for, whether they have a franchise quarterback or not. They're clearly going to deal Justin Fields. Felt like he was resigned to that as that season came to a conclusion. He's wildly popular in Chicago, far more so than like their coaches or their front office or ownership or anything. And so the fact that they're going on to Caleb Williams and it feels like a foregone conclusion, it's, it's a wild thing. I, I get why they're doing it. Even if, even if you like Fields a lot, um, you get to reset your quarterback clock. 
And so they're going to be able to draft Caleb Williams, who's kind of a consensus number one guy in the way that maybe some others were, if you go back to luck and those type of guys. So you get to reset your quarterback and then you reset the, the, the calendar. So now you're not going to have to give him the $250 million deal. It saves you from having to make that decision on fields because he has been uneven in his play. Some of that is his on him. Some of it's on the situation. Most of it's probably on the situation. Now the question is, can you create a bidding war around him to where that turns into potentially another first round pick? The bears are in an absolute catbird seat. They're picking one. They're picking nine in this draft and they're still going to have whatever they get for fields. So whether that's multiple, whether that's two twos, which has long been rumored, or maybe they create a bidding war between Atlanta and Vegas and Pittsburgh and whoever else and, and try to find something else. That's, that will be the question, but they're going Williams number one and that move to me guys has to happen by the combine i can't imagine or at least it has to be made at the combine you can't go into uh the draft process the free agency all of it without knowing if you have a quarterback or not especially because it's not only them deciding whether or not they have a quarterback but if they keep fields maybe they're going to trade the number one pick and people would probably want to know if they're in on that because that changes how the team that would trade for the number one pick how they're going to evaluate this whole process and then conversely the team that would get justin fields if they traded for him that would change their process because they say well we got our quarterback we made a trade so it's not just the bears that have to figure this out to know what they're doing and our other team so i think your reasoning there is very sound i think with caleb williams i get it resetting it but to play devil's advocate like it's we got to be careful when we say generational talent because the word generation means something like it has a definition, guys. And does, if we yeah. just gave that to Trevor Lawrence a few years ago, we can't be at a new generation. So it, it, it's not that. And I don't think he is that. It, why I would, you know, if you're arguing for sticking with Fields, I think Fields has proven that he belongs on an NFL field. And the stuff he does with his legs is special talent. Guys can't just run away from NFL defenders willy-nilly. That's not something that every quarterback has the luxury of having. And he has that. And his passing improved this year when they actually gave him some weapons to work with. But it does feel like the writing's on the wall that they're moving on. But I think Justin Fields is going to be traded to a starting situation. I do not think he is oh, for going sure. like yeah. the Baker Mayfield route where he has to reprove no. himself to get back to that. No. He'll be in Atlanta. He'll be in Las Vegas. He'll be in Denver. Uh, watch for Pittsburgh. He could be in Washington. No, he's no, he'll he's going to start next year somewhere. And he'll be in a better spot, by the way. Almost anything's a better spot yeah. than what he's been given in Chicago. I know they tried to upgrade talent-wise around him, but... That place was, it was kind of, you know, doomed, to, not almost, not from the start, yeah. but with Matt Nagy, and then you move on from him right away, it, it's just, there's no, never any continuity. I mean, I think we say this all the time, why Chicago's been as as bad of a place for quarterbacks as any place in the league for the last 50 years. It's the worst by far. It stinks. Like, stop it with your Browns, your Lions, stop it. They've They've never done it. Ever. Like Sid Luckman, that's it. And nobody else. Rex doesn't count as good quarterback no. play to no. you? No Jake Cutler, no smoking Jake Cutler. Jim McMahon. No. I love the punky QB, but come on. No. Not. They've so never Eberflus has to get his guy or a guy he thinks is his yeah. guy. I can't believe they kept him. Yeah. I mean, that's so bears. You have a chance to reset this thing. Like that would have been the best job out there. That would have been better than the Chargers job, the Falcons job. It would have been the best job. All these picks, if you had autonomy over the draft and you could draft the guys that you wanted, their roster's pretty good. And you're going to have all of these picks to work with, plus a first-round quarterback going number one overall. And number nine. <laughs> and nine. So, like, you're going to get two top ten picks. You're drafting a quarterback at one. You're going to get stuff from fields. That would have been the best job on the market, for sure. And they stayed with Eberflus 
it's just such a Bears move. Like if you're going to reset, reset all of it and and have the quarterback and the coach walk in hand in hand. Maybe and they didn't. Maybe because they do head scratching things that don't seem to work out. Maybe that's where the phrase bare minimum comes from. They just <laughs> like do the Chicago bare minimum Bears. in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, could be. Could be. So they have Williams going number one. I think everybody expects that, and I'm sure that's how it'll go. Jaden Daniels has been a rocket ship the last couple of months. Um, most of the box drafts I see have him going number two, and that's how Mel has him going as well, going number two to the Commanders, and then Drake May going three to the Patriots uh, with Jared Mayo taking over that operation in New England. That's They're obviously doing a quarterback, though. <clears throat> yeah, that's a tough spot, man. With them, that roster is not good at all. The big winners in all of this is Arizona, who actually fell to four and are going to get Marvin Harrison Jr. Unless there's a trade for the Commanders at two, um, that, that's about the only thing that would would prevent it. Is if is if the commies moved back? Well, no, I mean I can't see a scenario where Marvin Harrison doesn't go four to Arizona. I think he could start buying a house in the Valley of the Sun. And it's funny, it kind of works out for them, but the, the ironic thing is that is their own pick. The, yes. The, the pick that they got from the, uh, man, it's, it's all the way down at 27. That pick yeah, we that we thought, thought was going to be at the top of the draft yeah. for them that they traded for. Oh, they should have taken the Browns pick. Nope. They, cause the, they actually have a better pick with Cleveland's pick at 23. Houston does. Yeah. Yeah. So they made sure it was the Houston pick. That's pretty damn smart. Uh, who would have saw that nobody thunk that that Houston somehow was going to do it. It did. Um, so that pick goes all the way back to 27. So it feels like Marv will be in Arizona. That feels foregone. He's got uh, Brock Bowers going to the Chargers. That makes a lot of sense too, um, especially with Harbaugh there now, mm-hmm. another pass catcher. They've got they're in, the only problem with the Chargers spot is they're in some cap hell. And so they got to kind of sort through some of that. Marv is the only Buckeye projected in the first round. Of this draft, they he all is came the only, back. They all came back. Yeah, I don't know that any of them would have been anyway. Uh, I mean, maybe JT. Yeah, that's probably it because they're not going to take Travion there. No. Mecca didn't do enough to to get back into the first round conversation. Probably, yeah. yeah, maybe JT was there. The uh, of course the Browns do not have a pick. They have uh, he has the Bengals taking offensive tackle J.C. Latham out of Alabama. That, where have we heard that before? The Bengals taking an offensive tackle out of Alabama. Just um, but keep trying, keep hoping for it. Um, do the Steelers? Who do they? Who's he have the Steelers picking? The Steelers, their pick. Well, that's going to be near the the twenties. There, yeah, the, the Steelers 20s. are twentieth. Wow, exactly twentieth. Uh, cornerback Kamari Lassiter out of Georgia. When in doubt, draft a Georgia defender. Yeah, that works. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's where that goes. Um, the the Williams thing, they, he has impaired with Roma Dunze out of Washington, the stud receiver there. Um, in terms of Big Ten connections, Olu Fashionu from Penn State goes 10 to the Jets. J.J. McCarthy, he has him going to 16 to Seattle. Um, so that's will be an interesting one to watch. They don't even have a coach yet. How are you supposed to predict that? <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have Penix in the first round. No Penix in the first round. Yeah, you're right. So. Like uh, is, to are complete we sure the, J.J. McCarthy is better than Michael Penix? No. Doesn't seem right to me. To complete the D, uh, the AFC North, rather, the Ravens are projected to be the 31st pick. He has them going with cornerback Ennis Rakestraw Jr., who played for Missouri. Great name. That is Great a nice name. one. Yeah. Uh, going to be a fun draft. And they're, you're talking about four quarterbacks for sure in the first round. Could end up being five of them. And then remember, when somebody drafts one of them, that means somebody is available. So McCarthy, I don't know that they would, Seattle would want him to start right away. He'd probably sit behind Geno a little bit. But if Jaden Daniels goes two to the com- commanders, then does Sam Howell have to become available? Feels like it. If the Patriots go Drake May, then Mac Jones becomes available. Not that those are guys you're going to be lining up at the door, but certainly Cousins and Fields you would be. 
If quarterbacks go one, two, three, I also think then for sure we'll get five because if people see quarterbacks go one, two, three, people will start to move up to go get the next guy. Yeah, you panic on that side of things. Uh, we'll check in with the Jackets there in Calgary. Gorgeous city. Get some perspective from a little bit of Shelly time coming up next. Bishman Friends right here on The Fan. The Big Nine was a sad, incomplete place. Enter Ohio State. The rest is history. The Buckeye Show. Weeknights at 6. The Fan. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Drop the gloves. It's Shelly time. Sponsored by Schottenstein Roofing. Proud partner of the Columbus Blue Jackets. All right, we find our traveling friend in one of my favorite cities in North America. He is in Calgary uh, for a game tonight between the Jackets and Flames. A 9 o'clock puck drop on that one for a little bit of Shelly time. Uh, give me the lay of the land. Where, you, where What's the hotel situation? Um, usually in Canada, you're a keg guy, but is that in Calgary? Does that work as well? It does. It was an option last night. I got one of my best friends uh, from Junior that lives here, and... Um, since I went to the keg the other night, uh, we chose to go to this rooftop place that was very, very nice. Okay. Uh, we actually ate all day. We had a good day of eating. And uh, the hotel is, we're right under the Calgary Tower. So it's yes. like a big needle in the middle of the city. Yeah. Uh, we had a beautiful day yesterday. It was one of those winter Calgary days. Blue sky, uh, nice warm temperatures. Uh, just a, a great day to have to kind of roam around the city. So we took advantage of it, both. I love it. It's uh, it's the Denver of Canada is what it is. It's got that it same is. type of feel it, to it. And we could see the mountains. You know, some days there's a little mm-hmm. bit of a haze where you can't see the mountains while well, they were clear yesterday. Uh, I didn't get out there. It was one of those things where they're, they're calling you, but I yeah. just uh, I stay within the city and just kind of be bopped around. <laughs> it has one of the most um, one of the most recognizable, unique skylines. You mentioned the tower. So for the people, it's similar to Space Needle, and uh, the T- Toronto has one as well. Uh, but it also has because of the Saddle Dome, which gives it yeah. this unique look. Um, and I know it's going away. It breaks my heart. I know the thing is, I know what it is. I know it's time. But I, w- I really was hoping they'd build another one just because I love the look of it, and it has so much nostalgia for me personally. Um, how, how many more years do we have in the Saddle Dome? I don't think many. There's talk that this this new project is they've got the land, they know where they're going to go, and it's going to be a full goal here. Um, yeah, but it is such a – I mean, it's actually shaped like a saddle. I mean, mm-hmm. it's incredible how they did that. And when you get in the building, it's – you know, you still feel that on the sides there, those seats go that, – that the way the roof goes, it, it's unique. So I'm with you. I wish they'd build the same, <laughs> the same uh, design. But uh, I think maybe four more years. You know, okay. it's time to put up that building, but I think you're going to have – this project is underway here, which they need. Remember they had the flood a few years ago? I do. And they kind yeah. of put lip, put some lipstick on it and made it a little bit better. But I think it's the most outdated building in the entire league. Yeah. I mean, it's got to it's be. <laughs> it's been around forever. Yeah, I mean, but there's a kid, so yeah. it's got to be that. Yeah. Are they going to build it in the same spot, Joe? Just a little further down. You know, the whole okay. Calgary area, pretty much downtown, is in a flood zone next to the Bow River, yep. uh, which is world-class fly fishing. That runs right through this city. 
Yep. Um, but yeah, there's another piece of vacant land right down in that area. They're going to put it in. Okay. All right. Very good. And it's a saddle because of the, the Calgary stampede, which is the huge rodeo that happens in, in July, every year, August. Um, and so that's that I'm sure that's the inspiration for that. So, and it is one of the great viewing experiences, I would say, because I try to explain to oh, people yeah. like when you're sitting in the way they designed it because of the, the build, like the person in front of you, their head is at your feet. Like it's almost like yeah. you're sitting on a cliff. Yeah, no, it's steep. Yeah. yeah. It's actually pretty scary. And we sit in a press box. It's like a gondola that hangs over the ice and awesome. it actually sways. Like when Rimmer and I are in the, yeah. doing the game tonight, there's actually movement in box. Like it's, it's, uh, it's a little unnerving at first, but then yeah. you kind of get used to it. It's the last one of uh, last one of the old ones in the league, isn't it, Joe? Is there, I mean, the Joe's gone away yeah. in, in years recently. The Islanders' barn went away. It's the last old one, isn't it? Uh, Buffalo's still a little old. Vancouver needs a new one. It's a little outdated. Okay. Yeah, those ones need new new buildings. It feels like inside. Like for me, Vancouver is way behind okay. for that for that hockey market. But yeah. you know, that's uh, we'll see what happens there. That's also yeah. a great setup. This that is the Coliseum right next to it. That's a CFL stadium, major stadium. And then um, I forget what they call it now in Vancouver. Yeah. Probably the Rogers Arena, too. So, yeah, no, those two, those two would, would need to be updated and maybe even throw Ottawa. Ottawa is the one that's going to be moving as well. Uh, they need oh, a new building. Right. It's, it's, it's funny how, you know, Nationwide Arena is now 25 years old. Doesn't feel like and it. It's, no, it's so well taken care of. It's a world-class facility, and, and these ones, they've let them go a little bit, and they're so, you just feel like, the, the, you know, everything in there is just worn out. Yeah, certainly can understand that. It, look, if, if you got medals for playing a hell of a first third of a game, then they'd give them, that was great, that first period in Edmonton the other night, buddy. That was, yeah. they were up to it, it was everything that we wanted, and then you, it was like the, the old analogy is you hold, you hold, you hold, and then eventually... Uh, you know, the third period happens, but I, I, I was intrigued and, and very pleased with the way it started. Yeah. You know, you have to take the positive out of it. You, sure. you, you can see the process and, and, you know, we're all sick of hearing that word, but you can see the process taking place. I mean, you go at the Edmonton Oilers for 40 minutes and dominate. And, you know, if you're an Oilers fan, you're probably saying, ah, the Oilers didn't play well, but by the end of the second period, you're like, wow, these blue jackets, they play hard. And there were some really good moments. And in those games, when you're playing a team that's on a 13-game winning streak, you have to get those opportunities you get early in the game have got to go in. And Stuart Skinner, their goaltender, has found his groove, and he played extremely well. And, you know, you could see kind of when the dam cracked and that 1-1 uh, tie got broken by the Oilers, it was a little too discouraging for the Blue Jackets. And, and yeah. I also, when you go back and look at that tape, the Oilers have changed their game. I mean, they play a defensive style of hockey now. That is, it, they they're comfortable in a one goal game because they all yep. play very very tight checking. So once that happened, they locked it down. The Blue Jackets really couldn't get the Skinner, the goaltender at all. So I'm with you though. I mean, I think if you're the coach, um, you've got some proof now uh, on tape of habits and what he's asking, uh, and, and he can show these guys. So uh, hopefully a big step here, you know, and. Everyone had that game as a blowout right away. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Blue Jackets sure. bottom of the league, Oilers roll, you know, rolling along, but that wasn't the case. So it, it was encouraging for us. Look, anytime you play in Canada, it's going to be raucous. It's going to be loud. It's going to be all of those things. But in, in Calgary tonight, you're, you're 
facing a team that's lost three in a row as well. So they're it's a 500 operation. Um, they were a team that a couple of years ago when they had Johnny Gaudreau and they had Kachuk, you thought, okay, let's go try and make a run at the cup. It didn't happen, so they're in the middle of this kind of build on the fly. Uh, give us a little your, your thoughts on where Calgary is in this build and where this operation is at the moment. Well, they're a little bit sputtering right now. They got a new coach in Ryan Huska uh, earlier this season, new general manager and Craig Conroy, who used to play here. Um, you're right. They're they're trying to make some pieces work. They've got Huberto, who's a star, who's, you know, when you're a star in Canada and you're making most of the money under the, under the salary cap, you're under a lot of scrutiny. And he mm-hmm. comes from Florida to Calgary uh, in that Kachuk, Kachuk trade, and he's an important piece. But there's not a lot of consistency with, with uh, his game to start the season in the first half. He's starting to come along now. Um, but they're a young team that has to play hard. And, and, you know, their goaltending Markstrom has been so inconsistent. Like, they had a two-goal lead the other night and blew it, and it was really the goaltending. And you hate to point out one player, but it, it can happen. They're only a few points out of the playoff spot, though, Bo. They're four points yeah. back. So, you know, it's games like this where the Blue Jackets, you know, they're going to be in for a tough battle for these teams now that are in the race here down the stretch. So um, they're a heavy team that wants to play as fast as everybody else, and they really – need to sharpen up their goaltending. Yeah, that's and from our perspective, I guess what you hope is that the first 40 from the other night transitions to 60 tonight, right? It's kind of that simple. Like, they did a lot of things right. Um, and you saw us from a lot of the young guys, like, up for the challenge, and now let's let's see if you can get a result tonight. It's kind of that simple, isn't it? Well, yeah, because the, the line last game was so thin, right? You're yeah. in a 1-1 game in the third period, and – then you have Hyman gets pushed and falls into Merzlikens, and then it's a mad scramble there. And, you know, you take those points of the game, and you think, ah, you know, you want that bounce to go your way. So there's more in front of the net. There's more fight to that game to, to push it through. Uh, but, yeah, I think that thin line gives you some confidence. And, and the way Fat Tilly was galloping the other night, um, you know, you, you can sense these players now are, are taking the harnesses off a little bit and thinking too much. And yeah. trying to play a little freer. So to me, that's a good sign. Yeah, certainly so. Uh, I'll get you out of here on this one. True or false, Lanny McDonald had the best mustache in the history of sports. Well, there's no question. There's no question. I mean, he still, totally he still rocks it because he knows that he's got the best the mustache ever worn in sports. Right? People, oh, it's not close. People, you know, oh, Selleck, Sam Elliott. I'm like, dude, do me a favor. Google nah. Lanny McDonald. Take a look at that thing. And he's still he's, orange. It's gorgeous. It was gorgeous, Joe. He still got it. You, 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 is he still up there? Is he in Calgary? Yeah, we see him from time to time. If I see him tonight, I'll snap one for you. But yeah, he still got it. What, can you can you picture Landon McDonald without a mustache? I mean, no. it's not like that. Uh, maybe if he wants to go incognito for a few weeks, he shaves no. it off. But no. it's a masterpiece. No, I think if you're Lanny McDonald walking around Calgary, you want everyone to know you're Lanny McDonald walking around Calgary. I think you're living the best. Life. Right? There's a couple yeah. statues of him around here, and. It's just the mustache that makes it work. That's it. All right, yeah, buddy. He's a big ambassador for the Flames. Good. He should be. All right, Bill. All right, buddy. Good chat. Enjoy it. All right, good chat. Have a great day. We won't talk to you now, right, for the weekend. Yeah, we're clear. Next we'll week play. we'll catch up. We'll catch up on as you Have continue your weekend. West Coast adventures. You too, buddy. All right, a little bit of Shelly time for you there on a Thursday. Landy McDonald's my guy, man. Absolutely. Three things on a Thursday. Coming up next, Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan. We have so many local shows, I can't fit them in a 10-second promo. So let's just say we're live and local all damn day. The f-
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The best hair on the air. You are listening to Bishop and Friends. Hi, Reese. What do you have on the poll? Daily Fan Poll, sponsored by ER Auto Care, masters of our craft. Today's Daily Fan Poll asks, will Jim Harbaugh make it through his entire five-year contract with the Chargers? 68% say no, 32% say yes. Yeah, he will. I think he's sure. a little... going to run him. I think he's also learned his lesson a little bit and is a little less grading on people now, has softened slightly in that sense. 60. Yeah. He's, yeah. I mean, how long was his Niners tenure? It had to be five, wasn't it? It's five or four, right? Yeah, but I mean, he was an immediate flipped. I mean, they flipped forty four nineteen and one is that's that, the record. Oh, yeah. maybe it's that only might only three, be four. three or four. That might be four. Yeah, because I think he had. I think he had. A, I think he had his first yeah, season, a good season, Super Bowl season, and another season. That's so got to be four. So he had four seasons. Yeah. So yeah, I do. I think he will, and I think that ownership's another part of it. I think he's set up for success too. Like. He doesn't have to work. You have to remember, like, when they got to the Super Bowl with Kaepernick, then Kaepernick got hurt the next year, and they weren't, he wasn't able to do the things that he did when he got him to the Super Bowl. So they had to adjust. And at that point, they'd already moved off of Alex Smith. Like, there was nothing to do then at quarterback. That's what was. Although, wouldn't it be funny if he didn't make it? And then, hey, Chip Kelly's in town in Los Angeles. Let's just have him follow Harbaugh again. (laughs) Just run that all back. Uh, All right. Three things on a Thursday. Hit it. One. Two, one, two, three things. Sponsored by Custom Air. Custom Air. Custom Solutions. Custom Comfort. Uh, number one for me. So the blonde and I were, we're on to a, a new series, and it's it's not a new series. We're just finishing one that we've watched previously, and it's, it was time for a one for her. Um, so she wanted to watch the conclusion of The Crown, which has been out for a couple of months, but I hadn't watched it. We'd watched all the previous seasons of it. Um, and we're watching it. It's the Diana stuff. And it's a tough watch, man. Like, all of the other, and not because it's not good, like, the quality of it's good, but, like, I'm old enough to remember where I was when I found out she died, and it's almost like the pre, in the history, the old stuff versions of the episodes and seasons, it was almost like I was watching fiction, and now to watch, like, true life, I I don't necessarily think I like it, and I think that it's still great in terms of the production quality, the acting, all of it, but it's a tough watch. I didn't watch the other ones, but J-Lo had it on, and I thought, like, they almost got enamored, too, with, like, here's the real-life stuff you do remember, and we got to make sure that this is in the episode, yeah. and some of the episodes didn't seem like they were focused enough to me. No, I agree. First one for me, we got food from a certain place that people have complained about online that the portions are different when going and ordering inside or ordering <laughs> online, and I will say that I have had that experience as well, but I will also say that last night the portions were good ordering online, but my real thing is because all sorts of people listen to it, so if you work at a place like that, if you're management or if you're even executive level, which I'm sure they listen to this show too, stop worrying about the portion sizes because a repeat customer who's happy with the size of their bowl is going to be somebody who's going to come back. And that's worth way more than knocking off a piece of chicken and making sure that it's closer to three ounces. I'm just saying, that's you're doing bad business, in my opinion. 
So uh, from the I didn't know this was needed department, uh, Tiesto, Tisto, am I saying that DJ's name I, right? He's the question. in-house DJ for the Super Bowl. Okay. Did, did they need an in-house DJ for the Super Bowl? I'm trying to think. Tiesto. There's a lot of dead time in the Super Bowl, I'll tell you that. When you're there and you're not watching the commercials. <laughs> so you need like a, a club you might DJ. Need some entertainment. Yes. Plus, I'm trying to remember. I can't sure. remember. So do they DJ during setup and takedown after just having in the middle the actual halftime show of live yeah. music? All right. <laughs> Number two for me, my this is my advice to the, the parents out there who have young kids. Uh, we spent probably 45 minutes last night as a family re-watching videos that I had taken of the boys when they were like two and four. It was amazing. Everybody, I know everybody's quick with the photographs, um, but it, take videos. Videos really stand the test of time more than scrolling through a phone looking at photographs. Project them on the TV. Awesome night. Fun night. Second one for me, I printed out a graphic that Ohio State Football had put on Twitter this week, and it's their Big Ten schedules from 2024 to 2028. Just to, I put it at my desk. I wanted the reference right there. We know that next year is basically a three-game schedule at Oregon, at Penn State, and Michigan to look forward to. 26 and 27 are probably the best, and I'm going to give the win to 2026 because the highlights being Oregon at USC, at Iowa, at Nebraska, and Michigan at home. That, I think, is the Big Ten schedule that we're waiting for. It still, though, leaves some stuff to be desired, as we've talked about. Will Julian Sand be the quarterback in the 2027 Buckeyes? So he will be a freshman this year. 27 would be his fourth season, right? Yeah, yeah. red, red shirt this year or whatever. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, the answer's no. Will he be the quarterback? Will him or Aaron Nolan be the quarterback in 26? Eh, Maybe. Not in this world. Can't. No certainties. So the Browns are reportedly interviewing former Chargers offensive coordinator Kellen Moore and former Eagles offensive coordinator Brian Johnson for an offensive coordinator job, which hasn't officially been made vacant. <laughs> Like on their website, as we've said a couple of times in the past 48 hours, Alex Van Pelt's still up there. I like when you spend one of your three things to salt the fact of what I'm going to have to do next. That's always nice. Tommy Reese is reportedly on Cleveland's staff as a tight ends coach. Yeah, it's going to be fun for your Uncle Bo. Huh? Uh, Number three for me. So the blonde is getting rid of a bunch of the boys' toys, and she's like, what of this stuff do you want to keep? Because they really don't play with any of it anymore. So I said, all right, keep the keep the Playmobil stuff, keep the uh, keep uh, the the like the match, but the cars, the little cars, keep that, and keep like the the Avengers toys, like the the figurines, like the rest of this stuff, you can get rid of. Bootsy overhears this. Now he hasn't played with any of this stuff in eighteen months. He overhears it and just starts pulling stuff out of the to go pile and putting it back on shelves, like hysterically. I'm like, dude, why don't you ever just play with this then? But I love all of this stuff. It's such a bunch of nonsense. I said, just wait till he's not here and we'll just get rid of all of it. And then he'll never notice. He'll never notice because he won't ever go in there. Last one for me. Okay. It's a little bit of two things, but they're associated. One, the Super Bowl logo colors thing predicting the matchup is stupid. No, it doesn't predict anything. Really what it shows is that both the NFL and NFL teams pick popular colors for teams and logos. That's what it is. They're nice looking colors. Call me. This is my second part. Call me when it's a brown logo and the Browns put together their season and make it because I tell you that that's not going to happen. Also, they should have changed at Super Bowl 50 when they put the logo with just the number 50 with the Arabic numerals. They should have changed the numbers. It takes too long. I know how to read Roman numerals, but I have to think about it. It takes too long. I have no idea what number a Super Bowl is on first glance. Yeah, I agree.
the uh, 40 plus roster, 40 per 40 person plus roster uh, for Team USA in the 2024 Paris Olympics was announced yesterday. Draymond Green was left off. Yeah, bad move, Team USA. You got to have him as your starter and maybe your captain, and tell him no, 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 no. In France, it's okay to punch people when you want. How many you technicals need until you need that? You need, you need to have that kind of like that jerk. You need the heel. You yeah. do. Rothman and Ice up next. We're back tomorrow. Bishop and friends right here on the fan. If you haven't thought about Buckeye football today, I'm sorry to tell you that you're dead. Our condolences. Your home of the Buckeyes. The fan. It's a fan action update. The Super Bowl look-ahead lines look like this. If it's the 49ers and Ravens, right now the 49ers would be a one-and-a-half point favorite. If it's the 49ers and Chiefs, San Francisco will be a three-point favorite. If it's a Lions-Chiefs Super Bowl, the Chiefs will be minus three-and-a-half. And if it's Lions-Ravens, the Ravens will be a four-and-a-half point favorite. This action update is brought to you by Mary Haven. Mary Haven Gambling Intervention Program, where free help is available to gamblers and their loved ones. I'm Steady Vegas. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Broadcasting from the Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. WBNSFM HD1 Columbus. The Fan. Good afternoon, I'm Ryan Baker. Lots of coaching news in the NFL. Of course, the big news coming last night is Jim Harbaugh signed a five-year contract to become the head coach of the L.A. Chargers. Harbaugh leaves Michigan after nine seasons. The Bengals have a new offensive coordinator after promoting quarterbacks coach Dan Pitcher this morning. Pitcher has been with the team since 2016 and the quarterbacks coach since 2020. The Browns hired Deuce Staley to be their running backs coach to replace Stump Mitchell yesterday. The team is interviewing former Eagles offensive coordinator Brian Johnson for the same position today and reportedly have asked permission to interview Chargers OC Kellen Moore. And we have hockey here on the fan tonight as the Jackets are on the road in Calgary. Pre-game coverage begins at 8.30 here on the fan. Puck drop is at 9. This one's sponsored by Dr. Mark Levy. If you're snoring and not sleeping, give Mark Levy a call at 1-800-MORE-SLEEP or visit him online at sleepbettercolumbus.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.